Hello, and welcome to Diz After Dark, a Disney podcast of grown-ups that's not the same as all the others. Each episode, we'll discuss the latest news from both inside and outside Disney parks and resorts, but with an adult twist. All views and opinions are our own, and listener discretion is advised. Please lower your safety restraints, as things may get bumpy. But if you're ready, we'll get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick and on this week's episode, I am joined by the return of Mr. D. Hello there, the jet lagged Mr. D. A bit of a jet lag. You got a you know, slight bit of delay as well, which uh, tied in really well. I mean, that couldn't have happened at a better time, to be honest. <laughs> um, and as one person comes back, we're saying goodbye to somebody else. And that's Ryan. Yes, only a few days away for until my three-week-long trip now. Jeez, three nice. long weeks. It's going to be gorgeous. Um, and so we've got lots to talk about. We're going to talk about Mr. D's trip report. We're going to touch on some news, and we're going to touch on some stuff outside of the parts as well. And Mr. D's already jumped ahead to the next segment, which is, of course, the first segment, the first real segment, uh, the most important part of the show, which is what everybody's drinking. And... Um, what have you got there? Some uh, like a crystal decanter, or it sounded like that, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a gin and tonic. Just okay. a gin and tonic. Fair enough. But Fair I have, enough. but I clipped, I clipped the bottle. Was I picked it up? That's what you heard. I was too keen. Sorry. Yeah, excited. Been looking, been <laughs> looking forward to this. I was going to say, I bet he's been waiting for it all day. Um, Ryan, what oh, are you yeah. drinking? I am on the, the pre-holiday detox, so I've got a cup of Twining's English breakfast, but I have treated myself to a digestive biscuit. Oh, very nice. Nice oh, touch. Nice, nice touch. Uh, I'm sure Are you going to dunk that? Uh, I'm dunking it as we speak, so cheers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, we'll I know for about... our American listeners, you've got to figure out what that means. Google it. <laughs> uh, for a well, good dunk. Bit of dunkage. With a safe filter on, of course. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about other English breakfast traditions later on, looking at you, Grand Floridian. And I am just opening up a uh, my last can of uh, Brewdog Indie. So uh, I finally finished that box off, and I'm going to have to go and find something else to drink. So cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. Mm-hmm. And now that is moved well away from the recording equipment. We've done a repeat of what happened last time. And we're going to start off, as I said, without not doing the news, first of all, we're going to talk about Mr. D's trip uh, to Florida, but we're going to focus really on um, the Disney portion of your trip, because it was kind of broken up for you, wasn't it? Um, But um, remind everybody how long you were there for and uh, where you stayed. Okay, so it was was a three-week trip, uh, the first couple of nights, Universal. And first time in first time staying in Universal. Um, met you guys for Halloween Horror Nights, and then we took a road trip. So we went south, two nights in Miami. One night we went across the Everglades, and one night in Everglades City. Uh, one night in Naples, and then one night in Sanibel, and then up to Coronado Springs. And we had two weeks in Coronado Springs. Uh, we stayed in Coronado Springs before. Uh, this is our second time, but there's been a lot of changes since 
the last time we were there, they built the Grand Destino Tower and the uh, island on the middle of the, the lake, which has got the bar and restaurant, three bridges, bar and restaurant. So quite a few changes to that resort since we've been there. And is that the tower that was built on River Country? No, no. That's a new DVC. Um, That's a new yeah, one, yeah. This, yeah, this is this is in the Coronado Springs Resort. So it always has been uh, a convention hotel. And what they've done is they've built this massive tower, mainly for the convention business. Um, a lot of people were concerned, me included, about is it going to change the character of the resort? I don't think it does. I mean, it is a huge tower. There's no, no doubt about that. But um, most of the holiday makers are actually in the accommodation, not in the tower. So set around the lake, you've got three different styles of buildings. You've got Cabanos, the Rancheros, and the Casitas. Um, and that's where most of the holiday makers are now. And then the convention people are in the actual tower itself. But it does add a lot of facilities to the resort. So it's a moderate resort. Um, it's the uh, it's got a, a new gym if if you like that sort of thing on holiday. But we did use it a couple of times. Um, there's a You've new restaurant, right? Yeah, occasionally, especially um, especially after the day, two weeks of the dining plan. <laughs> two weeks um, of the dining plan, you're like, oh, I better go for a cheeky run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, consume like 50 million calories, burn off 150 on a on a rowing machine. Job done. Yeah, job done. It's got a, a nice gym, it's got a really nice bar on the ground floor, but then a highlight, I think, is on the 16th floor, which is the top. You've got a, a nice restaurant, um, Toledo, uh, which right now is a one-credit table service restaurant. Heard rumours that that's going to go to two. Don't know if that's true or not. But they've also got another bar up there and it's got an open terrace lounge. Um, so you can sit inside or outside. And if you sit outside, you're basically looking onto the back of Hollywood's studios. So you can see land. Uh, you've got a great view of the Tower of Terror. And then across to the left, you've got Epcot. So you can see the Epcot fireworks. You can see the Star Wars fireworks at the studios. Uh, so fantastic views from up there. And then you've got the other, it's a big lake, uh, and in the middle of it, they've now put on another restaurant called Three Bridges. Um, it's got a limited menu, but it's quite a nice menu, uh, but it's also a bar. Um, and that's in addition to the like the gym they already had, the restaurant they already had, the food court they've already got. So it has, it's got quite a lot to offer, really, mm. as a result. We, we really liked it. I've got a question. Um, yeah. I stayed at Coronado two years ago. I think that was my second stay as well. And they just started work on the tower. And we're going mm. back to eat at Maya Grill because we really liked it right. that last time. Okay. So with the with the tower bar, um, can mm. I just can I just walk in there without a reservation and grab a drink? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we did. Um, something funky about the elevators. Uh what the hell was it now? Um, uh, it, it, it's okay. There was something funky about how the elevators worked or how the buttons worked. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we got confused. But anyway, 
you don't need a room key or anything like that to get up to the 16th floor. So you can go up there, you can have a drink, you can you know, watch the Epcot fireworks or, or the Star Wars fireworks is probably the, the best view. Um, mm. And yeah, you, you don't need to be a resident of the hotel, I don't believe. Certainly cool. we, we went up there without scanning any magic bands or anybody asking us for you know, proof that we were in the hotel. I'm eating at the restaurant anyway, so yeah, you'll be fine then. Absolutely fine. So yeah, it's a it's a really good resort. Really, really liked it. Um, the rooms have been refurbished, so we had a, a nice new refurbished room. So all the carpets have gone. It's like a like a, a vinyl kind of floor, like mock mock wood floor. Um, the whole thing's quite modern. Lots of USB sockets and lighting options and different things. So it's a it's a it's a really good resort. It's it's pretty good. Big, to hear it's that. a big resort. The last because it is an amazing resort. I love it there. And yeah. the last time I was there, it was basically half of it was under construction because they were building the tower and they were refurbing all of the rooms. Mm-hmm. So we got yeah. The only thing we got for that was some. Three Caballeros pins, which was <laughs> fine, I guess. Yeah, there but... you go. You were you were you were fully compensated there, <laughs> man. <laughs> to be fair, we're out of the parks all day. But no, like, we had the nice. we had the <laughs> yeah, we had the quick service dining plan, which we had upgraded to the regular dining plan. Um, so we um, we used that to good extent. We did actually do more signature restaurants this time than than previously so we did Gico which we'd done once before we did that for Kerry's birthday and that was excellent um which is in the Animal Kingdom Lodge if if anybody doesn't know that and we did the California Grill which I had some reservations about because we've done it a few times and but no reservations pretty much to get in there yeah yeah well yeah you do but you can also eat at the bar and you don't need reservations for that that is, very true. that is very true. That is very true. But no, the meal we had there was excellent. And we had a fantastic table just looking right over the lagoon, the, the, the front of the park. Um, we could just about see the castle, but we could see all the railroad station and the Grand Floridian and that sort of thing. But it was a, it was a fantastic meal. Really good. And then... Uh, towards the end of the holiday, in fact, I think it was our last night, we ate in the boathouse for the first time, which, and again, we had a fantastic table outside at the back looking, looking onto the, the lake or the water. And uh, we thought we thought the boathouse was excellent. It is a bit of funny, though. I don't know if either of you guys eaten there. You know, oh, it's one of, my, one of my favourite restaurants. I love it. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it that's odd is it's got a really big menu, um, but it's a signature, and there are certainly some things at the end, like, you know, 50 60 $70, but they've got, like, burgers at $18. They've got, you know, they've got mm. a lot of options, which are, are kind of $25, $30, so it's kind of odd, really. It's still going to cost I, you two table service credits if you order think- a burger, which is... I think that's ridiculous because at, at um, Maya Grill, actually, going back to Coronado, we ate there for, and it's a one service, but there was a couple of items on the menu that were two credits. And I had like the 
I think they were the seafood fajitas, which at, at the time was two credits. I don't know if they still are, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Like I can, I can see that. I can accept that. And I think the same should apply for the boathouse because although the atmosphere is great, especially as, as you said, Paul, outside, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Really. But if you're having a burger, it's, it's a lot for two credits. Whereas if you're having oh, yeah. crab stuff, the crab stuff lobster, which is my favorite dish, mm-hmm. like that's well worth the two credits. I suppose though, like you could say the same kind of thing about a lot of like places in general. You're gonna Be- because you know it's that it's that thing of you have what you want, mm-hmm. and you know if you're not, I, I I mean I've heard you Ryan talk about it on Thing Part Trader. Yeah, I'll plug your podcast um, <laughs> <laughs> about you know when you you go there because you know it's one of your favourites, but there's not much on the menu for your wife. So, you know, for, for you, it's a good use of two credits. But for her, it's not. It's probably a waste of, of those credits because she's not going to get the same kind of meal that you are. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of the, you know, you've got, you've got to weigh it all up, haven't you? That's, that's why it either works for you or it doesn't work for you. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in terms of does it save you money compared to not having the plan? So, yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. I think I think you're right. And outside of the boathouse, it's it's such a great setting. And I've I've easily spent two plus hours enjoying my meal there. Um, mm. Which for me, even if I was having a burger, sitting outside there for two two and a half hours, enjoying a couple of drinks, for me that's worth it. Yeah, such yeah. a great setting. Yeah, and the bread's great as well, isn't it? The bread is. I mean, it's. It's interesting because we had a few different breads at different places, and some of the actually some of the breads at Old Disney World and some of the and the restaurants are amazing. But that that one was a good one for sure. Um, one of the things about the dining plan that's changed since the last time we were there is that you can have an alcoholic drink um, instead of a soft drink. And at the beginning. You know, it was hot and it was Florida and we didn't really take advantage of it until we'd been there a few days. And then and then I really got into it. So you can have pretty much any um, speciality drink on the menu below a certain level. And we got a couple of different versions of what that level is, but it's about $15. And the standard kind of cocktails like margaritas, mojitos, daiquiris, etc., are all going to be around $12, $13, $14, $15. So we never found a cocktail that we couldn't have as part of the dining plan. So typically we were having, um, you know, a cocktail each. And then by the time we'd finished the cocktail, we were typically happy just to switch to water, you know, um, for the rest of the meal because we were most of the way finished our main course by the time we'd done that. So we really made use of of that aspect of the dining plan, which... Which uh, I think that's a I think it's an improvement. The other improvement is that you don't for the quick service meal you don't have to take the dessert. You can you get an extra snack credit now, and with food and wine on at the same time, that was fantastic because we hit food and wine pretty hard this time, harder than we've ever hit it before. But even so, we still had forty five snack credits left on the last day. So yeah. So much wasted food. Well, it's not wasted food, but it's money that yeah, we paid for. 
essentially. Yeah, we basically went into Goofy's uh, Goofy's Candy Kitchen, and well, we used we did use quite a lot of it on food and wine on the last day because our flight got delayed, and we got a text to say that it had been delayed quite early, so that was good. So we thought, okay, well, we'll just stay in Epcot. We were in Epcot anyway. We were going to leave about three. It gave us about another three hours in Epcot, so we just decided, right, we'll uh, we'll do dinner in Epcot at Food and Wine, um, and then the credits that we had left, we went to the Carmel Kutcher store, and we just blew them in there, and we took a load of stuff back for people, um, you know, shoved them in our hand luggage, and uh, and we were good to go. But um, I think ahead, the Ryan. I was going to say I think like the the improvements in the dining plan. Last year for me was the first year of, of the addition of alcohol. And the first mm. few days I couldn't quite, I was only out there for like 10, 11 nights last year. Couldn't quite believe it. So I didn't use it as mm. much as I thought I would. Um, yeah. Whereas this year, because, you know, even at quick service, obviously excluding Magic Kingdom, at quick service, you get an alcoholic drink. Yeah. And it's like, what? Is that yeah. what? Yeah. It's great. It's a, it's a great added value. I mean, it was just great fun. We were literally trying a different cocktail each every night. Mm. And it kind of didn't matter. You know, there were some we liked better than others, but um, it almost felt like it was for free, kind of, you know, although it's not. Yeah. I mean, you've paid, you've paid for it in advance. However, um, I think we're, we're kind of, you know, because you've got all these snacks and you've got these great, um, options because I one of the things that I noticed is I think the quality of the quick service food has really gone up right um, in in a number of different places I mean there's always been some good ones like um, Tangerine Cafe in Morocco uh, Kringle Bakery you know there's, there's been some some better quick service ones but but there's more now and then with a the food and wine festival as well so we're actually thinking, like, um, when we go for a table service meal, you know, we'd rather just have the main course and then have dessert somewhere else later, like Ample Hills or Giardelli's or the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor or somewhere like that, or, or use a snack credit for something. Um, so we're actually thinking that next time, we're probably just going to do the quick service plan. Um and uh, and use the snacks for desserts. We also use them quite a lot for like iced coffees, uh, you know, frappuccinos, all sorts of things like that. Because all the parts have all got Starbucks now, apart from Epcot temporarily. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're seriously thinking about next time we'll just do a quick service, and then there'll be a few restaurants that we want to go to. Like we love to do Boma for breakfast. Um, we also like uh, Chef Art Smiths and places like that. So we might do like two or three table service or the boathouse, you know, some of the lower cost items on the boathouse, but we'll just pay for those out of pocket, you know, for two or three table service meals and the rest of it be quick service. So that's our plan for next time. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, we I did, I did a little bit of pricing and for next year, we're not going to go next year, but I just priced it up and the, the all-star, you get like a free breakfast. You can pay to upgrade to the quick service or the full or the full dining plan. And I priced it out. And to pay to upgrade to the quick service dining plan in the all-star is actually 50 pounds less 
than just taking the standard quick service and staying at Coronado Springs, which is kind of crazy. So you can stay at a moderate with a quick service dining plan for the same price as staying at a value and then paying an upgrade to the quick service dining plan. There you go. Thought that There's was interesting. Yeah. I've just I've just realised something that I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do for coffee in Epcot now. I'm going to just have to to switch to the um, alcoholic chilled coffee in Belgium. <laughs> yeah, you don't like Starbucks. Yeah, but it's not there, is it? At the minute, no. You got Joffrey's. There's there's Joffrey's yeah. in a couple same, of different places. Joffrey's is bad, um, but no, it's not quite the same. They've got less selection. But yeah. Everybody else is okay. Starbucks, you got Starbucks everywhere else. You're talking about um, great quick service locations. Mm. Did you try or have you tried before Flame Tree Barbecue? Uh, yeah. Um, last time I was there, uh, we didn't do Flame Tree this time, but we've, we've definitely done it before. And last time I got my plate full of food, put it on a table, turned my back to call Kerry over to the table, and one of these massive freaking florida birds came uh, and had yeah. the burger right out of the bun before before i mean it was gone but they were great they just replaced it they replaced the whole tray of food immediately um, oh, so yeah it's it's good but um i mean a couple of other places disney springs i mean uh, blaze pizza is phenomenal in disney really? springs yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. I've heard. I mean, I've heard that a lot. I could. Like, I said to Craig when we went there on the mm-hmm. last the last time we went. I, I said, yeah. oh, maybe we can get some lunch at Blaze, and I couldn't find yeah. it. Oh, it's um, it's uh, well, do, do you remember seeing the big Mori Morimoto place? Uh, that whole area is a bit of a maze, to be honest, because no. it's like a cross section of bridges. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's kind of um, it's the world of Disney side of what used to be Pleasure Island, right? So it's kind of halfway between where Pleasure Island was and where World of Disney Store is. It's, it's that kind of area. I don't know how I don't know how best to describe it. If you come out of the lame parking structure, it's yeah. it's like. 50 yards from there it's pretty close oh, to there God. That's but the other one that's well. really good. well there's two two others yeah there's two others that are really good which are also quick service the other one is it's very close to blaze which is called deluxe burger right fantastic oh, burgers amazing. right yeah the only thing i noticed this time which was a bit a bit cheeky is um the fries are extra no. so if you want a burger and fries you get the burger covered under the quick service plan, but you can use a snack for the fries. And that's what we did. We had loads of snacks. Oh, fair enough. So we used a snack for the fries. But the burgers are excellent. And the other place is really... A, I was just going to say, I went for a, a, a burger and a beer there last year, and it was yep. it's just a perfect combo. Yeah. I mean, really good burgers. They'll cook it how you like it. We've got lots of different options and combinations. Um but the other place that's excellent is Wolfgang Parks, right down the bottom end where the marketplace is. And it's kind of tucked away behind Derla Sandwich. And that place is phenomenal. It's pizza, pasta, salads. And it is really, really good. Um, not not a lot of people know that. But, Wolfgang Parks been there for years, isn't it? But not there. Well, it, the other, it, it yeah, the the other, other side. one was. Yeah, yeah. But the, 
but and that had a quick service as well but it was a completely different experience from the one down by marketplace it's, mm. it's almost like a different restaurant but the one by marketplace I've, is excellent yeah I've, I've heard that i've heard that the the wolfgang's had a bit of a renaissance in the quick service mm. uh, offering and i've heard that the milkshakes there are absolutely incredible as well mm-hmm. yeah they certainly like and the other one that's the other one that's really good is chicken guy if you like if you like chicken so that's, oh, uh, that's guy fieri's place doesn't it yeah i mm. i w- it was open last year when we were there but just out of principle of me not liking him I, we didn't go yeah are you uh are you a man are you like an adam richmond man I no, I, I can take all leave, but both of them, to be honest, they're both quite irritating. See, I used to like man versus food, but I didn't. I, I, I think it. Uh, I think the opinion is often decided on which one you discovered first, and I was a man mm-hmm. versus food man first. So, oh, no, I saw guy for the areas, kind of like a chancer. Don't yeah. get me wrong, like man versus food, ten times better than than his drive-ins, dine-ins, or whatever. It took a long time finished. to work out what a dive-in was. Yeah, I still don't know. Also, a dive. A dive, yeah. Yeah, a dive bar. Because, <laughs> you know, when you hear diners, drive-ins and dives, like here, it sounds it's like hardest, you're going to somewhere really hardest, crappy. Yeah, it's the hardest TV program name to to pronounce ever. Yeah. yeah. Triple D. And he, and, he, and he wears his sunglasses on the wrong side of his head as well. That pisses me <laughs> off. There you go. But I mean, I tell you what, I will, I will give it a go. I will go on your yeah. recommendation and give it a try. I hear, I hear there's a ridiculous amount of sources to try. There is, yeah, yeah. But definitely, I mean, all those four, Blaze Pizza is number one, right? If you're only going to try one of them, Blaze Pizza number one. Because <laughs> we, uh, we have a, a few in the UK uh, of a chain called Mod Pizza, mm-hmm. which I think is almost the same concept. Yeah, so Mod- it's it, it's a bit. It's a bit like Subway, yeah. Is that yeah. what it's like? So you, yeah, you, you basically, and... yeah, you basically, you know, you you've got your base, mm-hmm. and then uh, I mean, I've been to two, and one is is really good, and the other one wasn't quite as good because the, the first one I went to, you mm-hmm. basically got a bit of paper with mm-hmm. everything on it, and you yeah. just ticked what you wanted. So you ticked your right. sauces, you ticked the toppings that you wanted, and then you yeah. gave that in, and they would make you pizza for you. But when I went yeah. to the other location, um, they didn't adopt that system. So you just had to tell them, which, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's fine. But you then had to kind of write everything down on your phone or something. So you didn't forget yeah. what toppings you wanted. Um, but yeah. yeah, you can have as much or as little as you as you want for like a, a, a flat fee. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. And this, this one, you don't, you don't fill out the form. You just, you just literally stand there and they, they move the pizza up the production line and you just tell them, some of this, some of that, can have some more of that. They'll do right. a half and half pizza if you want. Nice. You know what I mean? Um, nice. So it's Whatever really good. Give me everything. Yeah, yeah, everything and lots of it. Now, Mr. Uh, D, we've talked about your time out, 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 kind of like outside and where you've been eating, but yeah, uh, but that's because, the important bit. Well, we, I'd I'd argue that as well, but um, I do know that, like me you ventured mm-hmm. into galaxy's edge so i wanted to kind of get some of your thoughts about galaxy's edge because we've not really talked about it too much in yeah. the group chat so no no okay so so here's the thing right i listened to you and p dabs last night right i caught up, i caught up podcast last night 
and I listen to your uh, second or your second podcast on Batu. So yep. Batu to the future part two. Still um, think it's a great pun. Yeah, I'm with you uh, it's excellent. I mean, I love it. I love a good pun, as you know. Um, and it was really interesting listening to you two guys, right? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what we did. So we visited Galaxy's Edge a couple of times, but the first two times we didn't try and ride the Millennium Falcon. It was it was one of these crazy sort of situations where we had a whole two weeks. You know, we thought we got plenty of time. We've always got this six fifteen early morning option. Not bothered, you know. And then and then we got to almost the end of the holiday, and we're like, crap, we haven't we haven't really done Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> so um, we had been in it a couple of times and just literally spent some time, you know, wandering around, looking in the shops and the different uh, eateries. And actually, still still on the subject of food, we ate twice in Dock and Bay Seven, and that's a quick service. And the food was phenomenal, right? I mean, again, really good counter-service food. And I know um, Disney maybe doesn't always do the best in terms of catering for non-meat eaters. But we had the vegetarian meatballs in there, and they were fantastic. Uh, They came with like a naan bread and a salad and really nice kind of curry-ish type dressing. And then we had the chicken... Uh, what was it chicken something salad? It's, it's got some weird Star Wars name like Yik Yak Salad or whatever. Well, it hasn't any phenomenal. More, we'll, we'll talk about it later oh, they're, on. They're, they're yeah. back. Oh, they're yeah. back already. They're back again. They're oh, back. God. Yeah, because this was only like Thursday last week or Wednesday last week. So we had that. I went back that for that twice. I, I said I'm definitely having that again. So Document Seven, excellent. Really busy though. Um, we didn't do the quick order thing because uh, Kerry, uh, she likes to have salad dressing on the side and the quick the quick order uh, app doesn't give you that facility to order something on the side. So we ended up queuing, but it was quick. It didn't take long, uh, but it is a busy place. Um, so anyway, we, we, we had a couple of really good experiences just walking around. And actually, I got accosted by the Stormtroopers, which was hilarious. Mm. I was basically standing there filming the Millennium Falcon. And all of a sudden, I turn around, there's two Stormtroopers. And they're like, um, they, one of them said to me, you match the description of a rebel spy we've been looking for. And I said, this is not the tourist you're looking for. And waved my hand <laughs> in front of his mask. <laughs> and you know, and I got a great reaction from them. They literally acted as if they'd been like hypnotized and and, and wandered away. They're like, okay, move on. And uh, and off they went. <laughs> they were phenomenal, right? And and get this, this is this is God. I think I've got a photograph of this. I should post that. God's honest truth, right? We stood there taking photographs of the Millennium Falcon. This is a different night. This is the night we actually rode the ride. And all of a sudden the stormtroopers come across and they're they're talking to this kid, and I mean, she's only like three, and she's got one of these baby walkers, you know, the kind of thing that you stand in and hold on to, but it's got wheels and you can walk toddler. Mm-hmm. And it's the Millennium Falcon. Oh right? my God. Her parents had made a Millennium Falcon, and she's in the center of this thing, and it's got wheels and she's toddling along. So, everybody, the stormtroopers are making a big deal about this, and they're they're saying this looks like a ship that left the such and such quadrant and it was just excellent but the mum and dad are there and, and she's got a brother and he's about old he's like seven or eight he's running around and the dad shouts on the kid says kylo 
Kylo, come here. And I thought, oh my God, they've called their kid Kylo. Oh, why would you do that? Anyway, I hope it's Life not one of our listeners. Uh, no, they were not from Essex. <laughs> come on, I'm kidding uh, Kylo, Kylo, <laughs> come here now. Um, but anyway, so we eventually, we did ride uh, Smuggler's Run. We only got on it once because we left it so late. Um, loved the theming. Thought it was absolutely fantastic. All the way through the queue. Um, we get through that area, the pre-show, the animatronic. It was good. I mean, I would have preferred it if it had been a character that was more kind of classic Star Wars um, <laughs> rather than, was it Hondo? Um, yeah. He's yeah, the so, character. Yeah, so he's... And obviously, I get it. It ties into the ride, but um, yeah. unless you are, you know, I, I'm a Star Wars fan of the films. Mm. I've never really delved that much into the animated stuff, and I, sh- and I will do, and I should do, yeah. and I keep saying it, but um, it yeah, it's not a very, not a character I was very familiar with either. Well, yeah. they had to, they had to give Jim Cummings the job, you see, because after sacking him from Illuminations, he was getting a bit upset. So they're like, "Don't worry, Jim, you've got a new yeah. role. We've got something for you." <laughs> Always. So here's something you can't refuse so anyway we thought it was fantastic we get into the Millennium Falcon and probably like you and P-Dubs were like oh my god it's the Millennium Falcon you know so I sat at the chessboard and um, you know got some pictures taken and, and then they assigned us to our positions and I hadn't watched anything on online I hadn't seen any videos or anything so really didn't know what to expect um, I was assigned a gunner position Heather and Kerry were assigned um, the pilot positions and then three other people, so another gunner and two engineers. And we rode the ride. And our experience was like your second experience, Nick. Oh, dear, they can't drive then. Yeah. So Kerry and Heather proved that, you know, they can't fly the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it was the first time. Um, So we hit everything. the things that we didn't hit the first time, I think they managed to reverse into them second time just to make sure we destroyed as much as we possibly could. And so that it didn't have any flow to it, you know? It just it just wasn't... I didn't think it was that fantastic. And as Gunner, you've basically got a button and you're just randomly pressing this button and it isn't even comfortably positioned. It's, it's positioned... You know, I was on the left-hand side, so... You're kind of reaching across and stabbing this button, which is high up on the left, and yeah, um, I was just a bit, I was a bit disappointed. I've got to be honest. Uh, and the funny thing was, again, listening to you and P Dabs, when we came off that, about an hour later, we had a fast pass for Star Tours. I thought Star Tours was a better experience than Smuggler's Run as a, as an actual ride experience. See, so, yeah, you know? th- this is the thing. Um, and I, I found this because I was the engineer both times. And mm-hmm. said, like, if you've got someone that can pilot the ship, then it, it's not too bad. But the problem with the engineer's job is, you know, you said with a gunner, you've got a button to press. With, with the engineers, mm. it's like playing lights out. So you're yeah. constantly um, having to pay attention to it. And as soon as lights start going off, you've got to hit the buttons. And there's yeah. multiple buttons for you to hit. Now, if you're doing it properly, you're going to try and, do your best because you're trying to you know get mm-hmm. the things right in the attraction but that means yeah. that you're not actually able to pay attention to what's going on yeah so it, yeah you know it'd been better 
if what they did is they had like a control panel that flipped out in front of you so it was in front of you yeah rather than you having yeah. to basically stare at a wall waiting for things to happen and occasionally turning your head so and it's kind of the same for the gunner position i mean yeah. you, you've got to look ahead so it's, it's probably less bad because you've got to look ahead and basically you can't aim the gun it's just the pilots aiming the ship and you're just pressing the the, the button which fires the gun um yeah it would have been better for not I mean, everybody's seen the, the film work. exactly no. everybody's seen the film they know how it's supposed to work i actually think i know i know they were trying to get an element of interaction and interactivity to it. I, I get that and I applaud them for that. But what they came up with was something a bit like Mission Space, which is ultimately it's unsatisfying. You you know you're just pressing a button, that's it. The pilot, maybe that is a bit more rewarding, but to me it would have probably been better if the flight had been taken care of automatically and all six of you were gunners, but you had proper gunnery controls. Then you've got a bit of interaction, but you've also got a ride that actually is, you know, is quite fluid, and you know you don't keep crashing into things and stopping. And so. Okay, so I mean, our our only ride, I think, was a bit like your second ride, um, which you, but your your first ride, you really loved it. So maybe if we had ridden it with somebody that knew how to fly it it would have been a better experience and would have liked it better. So it may be one of these things where as people get better and better at it and reread it a few times, maybe it does improve. I don't know. I um, just, I mean, I agree. I agree completely with what you're saying. I just don't think that's what they should be aiming for. No. I the thing is, that. you shouldn't be going off, you shouldn't be going on an attraction and going, oh, well, that was good, but not as good as the last time. Yeah. You know, or even worse than that, as I said, if that, you know, similar to your first experience, you know, I was done it because that was awful. You know, I don't know if you hearing us talk about it and the fact that we had two different different experiences on it on the two times that we wrote it has changed your opinion of it, if you know what I mean, because you yeah. had one experience and your experience was negative. So because you've heard that actually with a good pilot and everyone doing their jobs, um, you know, well, you actually get a different ride experience. Yeah. It shouldn't got, be like that. It shouldn't be, you know. The problem you've got is that I'm already getting Donna up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning to get to Galaxy's Edge for extra magic hours. If we go on that ride at six in the morning, let's say, and we're not pilots, by the sounds of it. Um, I, I've not really looked at mm. much, much myself. And we're not pirates. Let's say we're gunners. Yeah. And we come off and she goes, right, that was terrible. I'm, I'm never going on that again. I'm screwed for the next thing, week. thing I was saying, Brian, is we, we, I'm not sh- Yeah. I, and, and the thing is, I mean, I'd hate to say this and then you have a bad experience, but I don't think you need to get up at quarter past six in the morning i mean we 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 were in there three times and it was it was busy but it was never unpleasantly busy and mm. when we finally did ride the ride i think we waited 40 minutes yeah i mean and, when and that we, was at like seven o'clock at night when we went like when we got to Hollywood studios 
had we gone to Galaxy's Edge straight away rather than doing our fast passes, mm. then we could have got on the, the the main queue was like 30 minutes, went up to 35 at one point. Yeah. By the time we got in there at lunchtime, after going to Ogre's Cantina, uh, cantina uh, yeah. the, the wait time was 65, 70 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, still wait for new rides. that's not even that bad. Oh, no. I mean, to be honest, like the, the reason why we, we did single rider and didn't go for the queue is just because we were conscious of we were still going to Halloween Horror Nights that night. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we was like, well, we could do that, but if we mm-hmm. do single rider, we can go on it at least twice. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, when I listened to your podcast, your episode, I was surprised that you didn't hit Galaxy's Edge first, that you, you did the other thing. I know you had the fast passes, so maybe that, that was what drove it, but I thought you would have that hit was Galaxy's literally, Edge first. That was literally it. Yeah, it was just yeah. it was all because of the fast passes, because, sure. um, you know, Paul had, Paul had booked them, and, you know, mm-hmm. we knew that we weren't guaranteed if we didn't do the fast passes. Yeah. Um, to get on those attractions at a prompt time. Um, yeah. What yeah. we should have done, really in hindsight is like when we first got uh well after we got to our terror mm-hmm. uh, we did rock and roller coaster which was not as quick as it suggested i can't remember what the single rider yeah. queue was but it, it did take quite a lot longer than the time proposed for it um yeah but what we we should have done really is gone straight to toy story land and, and done that because the queue times and all that stuff was low by the mm. time we got to after we'd done uh muppet uh was it, did we do it after Muppets? Like we what? might have gone to Toy Story Land in between Muppets and Indiana Jones. But yeah. by the time we hit Toy Story Land, everything in there was over an hour. And yeah. it was so hot that yeah. we just didn't yeah. want to wait around. So we sure. came out. But we could have done... Sl- sure. Slinky Dog at one point was like 30 minutes. Yeah. So I, I think we, we kind of thought, oh, it's going to stay like that all day. It's not going to pick up. But obviously yeah. it did. So... Cool way yeah. of thinking. We, if we arrive, if we do arrive at say six, we do Galaxy's Edge. Then we're going to leave Galaxy's Edge even before the rest of the parks. So well, before everyone else comes in, and we'll do Toy Story Land, mm. do Slinky while everyone is in Galaxy uh, Galaxy's Edge. I think that's a and, good strategy. What time does Toy Story Land open though? I think I I think it opens alongside Galaxy's Edge. I might be wrong. Does it? No, I think right, it's open. I don't, I don't think some... it does because they have the breakfast thing, don't they? Uh, right. okay. that breakfast party yeah it's I remember Craig talking about I'm assuming they're still doing it but it was like $90 and yeah. it meant that you got early access to Toy Story land I think they stopped that while the early magic is on I think right yeah. okay yeah I mean it may be worth finding that out Ryan because if you get into Galaxy's Edge at quarter past six depending on how busy i don't know how busy it is at that time in the morning it might be that everybody floods there and then waits for the rest of the park to open but certainly later on in the day it, you could comfortably walk about galaxy's edge it wasn't an issue and you could get something to eat and you know and and at certain times if you keep an eye on the app you know you mm. can get a wait time of kind of 30 40 minutes you know it wasn't it wasn't difficult to get on the ride. You might have a slightly longer than average wait, but but 30, 40 minutes um, is kind of normal. Because that's that's one thing I was going to say, right? Um, we got we got touring plans. We got the Lines app, and um, 
the days that we were there, the the crowd calendar was saying it was like three out of ten, four out of ten, you know. But I'm convinced that what is a three out of ten these days is not what was a three out of ten like five years ago. Because mm. our experience was 40, 45 minutes was a standard wait time for pretty much everything, all the big rides. And the headliners like Avatar, uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, um, Rock and Roller Coaster, you know, those were up at kind of 60, 70, 75, even higher than that. I mean, it, October now, the secret's long out, you know, it is yeah. a really busy time of the year. But but the crowd calendars weren't saying that, you know. That we had nothing higher than a 5 out of 10. But it always was pretty busy. So so waiting 40 minutes for Smuggler's Run, is it, it, it was about the same as... It was probably less than Rock and Roller Coaster and, and about the same as Midway Mania. You know, um, I think they they designed that ride to get a a, a, mm-hmm. a ton of people through it every hour, haven't they? It's yeah. a, from that perspective, yeah. the capacity is pretty good. Also, yeah. I think moves. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the the um, a lot of people are waiting for Rise of the Resistance. Why why would you not? Like, if you're if you're an American and mm. you can move your trip whenever you like that time of year. You're going to push it back yeah. too much, aren't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we sure. had that debate about are we going to do it or not? And, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously did it in the end. But the big thing for me that I was like saying to Paul is like, look, you know, we're really going here because of Star Wars. And we're essentially mm. going to a half-finished land. Like, there's mm. uh, um, at least another shop which is uh, currently empty. But the actual building is empty and they've got some bins outside mm. it so people don't accidentally walk in there and one thing i will say about um galaxy's edge i found is that i ended up walking into a backstage area at one point yeah like literally for seconds as someone is kind that- of came out and said oh no and i said oh i'm just looking for the toilet and was that like, done oh, by the big blast doors yeah yeah, yeah, I, I didn't do it, but I almost did it. I thought, oh, what's down here? And, and there were some people posing for photographs by the big blast doors. And yeah. I walked I walked down there, and there was a there was a, a kind of doorway to the side. I thought, well, I wonder what's in there. And just as I walked towards it, a cast member came up, and I noticed the cast-only sign. Yeah, uh, yeah I, know, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's, um, I don't know if it's because they rushed, to get it open in time i don't know what it is but mm. it did feel there were certain elements of it that that were unfinished and that mm. that surprised me um it, it surprised me a lot um yeah. did you did you get to go into uh ogres i knew you were gonna ask me that oh god i've got to hang my head in shame no no, oh, we, no we, couldn't, mean, we couldn't we could no we could the reason the reason why was we couldn't find it on the first day and then we had a fast pass for, I don't know, something in the park. So we, we, we said, oh, we'll get it next time. So the next time we came in, we said, we said, oh, we still got to find Ogre's Canteen. Anyway, it ended up, that happened every time. And on the last time I said, look, this is our last chance. We've got to find Ogre's Canteen. And then 
I don't know what happened, but we ended up walking out of there again and still never found it. So well, that, I think that's the other. I don't problem. even know where it was. No, because I didn't. You know where you went and got food. I think we walked past it, but I didn't actually yeah. know that's what it was at the time. Yeah, and that's the other problem with it. You know, I think when you, I think the big difference between this and say Hogsmeade is the mm. fact that when you're walking around Hogsmeade, most people that are walking around there have seen the films. You know where you go. And even if you haven't seen the films, everything's signposted. You know, th- you know, there's stuff, you know, this is this shop. This is another mm. shop. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can you can tell what these things yeah. are. It's very well mm. signposted. There's nothing, there's no signage in Galaxy's Edge because it's supposed to look like Star Wars. And that's its downfall, yeah. is that they've yeah. made it look so good and so much mm-hmm. like the films that actually you need a map to navigate yeah. yourself around it. And we didn't... You know what? Go on. Say, that's, that's, that's easily solvable, right? You put a drunk animatronic or something like that outside of August Cantina. Or, you know, there's subtle things you can start to do with either animatronics or sounds like play recognisable mm-hmm. cantina well, music when you're getting closer to cantina. Ogre's Cantina is it, like the only thing that makes that stand out for me is that was one of the only places where people were queuing up to get in. Right. That wasn't, right. wasn't Smuggler's Run. So mm. that meant it was quite easy for us to, to find. Yeah. And certainly the day that we went there, um, everybody had to have a reservation. They weren't, they didn't have any room for mm-hmm. um, people that didn't have a reservation. So yeah. the thing is, even if you'd have found it, you could have still found yourself not being able to go in there because it's not big. Sure. When you go in there, it's not, yeah. you know, it's got a big bar. Um, mm-hmm. But they said to us when we was going in there, uh, there's, not ma- there's not much seating. You're probably going to be having to stand somewhere. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we were on a table with, um, I think, at least one, if not two other families. Mm-hmm. And you know we all got served separately. You know it was no bother, but mm-hmm. um, you know that's what it was like. There, there weren't many booths for people to sit down in, so and there wasn't much room at the bar. Yeah. Um, so it, you know I think that's always going to be somewhere that you need to try and get a reservation for. So Ryan, if you haven't got one already, I'll, I'd see if you can try and get one. I've got uh, three. Oh, well, there you go. Got three. Yeah. <laughs> Taking no chances. And the other the other thing as well, like you know, they tell, turn around to you and say that you're you've got a, a they say I think they said you've got forty five minutes. Forty five minutes, yeah. And two drinks. Mm-hmm. Um we were in there for just over an hour. Now, some of that right. was down to me not being able to pay the, the, the tab, but only about five minutes, I think I added on top of it. Like they mm-hmm. weren't really rushing us to get out and we probably could have gone for yeah. another drink. If we really wanted well, to. Well, why know. would they? Like, if you're willing to pay another $20 for a drink, surely they're not going to kick you out, are they? Well, especially if thing. it's, yeah, especially if it's not as busy as they're hoping it's going to be. Yeah. Well, no, yeah I mean, they're the probably is, judging it. Yeah, I think, I think they tell you 45 minutes and two drinks. And I think mm. as long as they can get people in, they don't really care yeah. if people stay a bit longer. Like, you know, the thing is, if it is yeah. literally, we have got, you know, this 45 minute session, we've got 90 people coming mm-hmm. in and that's our capacity. Those, you yeah. know, and we've got the next slot that's open is another 90 people. You need to get those people yeah. out. 
But if mm. you know, if it's not as packed as that, then they're probably yeah. not quite pushing you because we didn't we didn't feel that. And I mean, to be honest, we'd have kicked off anyway because it took us twenty over twenty minutes to get our first drink. So mm. you know, we weren't gonna just wander out there straight away. But yeah, yeah. I think I'll be I'll be alright because I'll be I'm aiming to order the uh, the, the Rancor beer flight. It's uh, it's quite big. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, uh, and it's probably going to damage your lag- luggage allowance. But mm-hmm. I mean, it is a thing of beauty. I mean, I was we got very... two cases. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I was so very tempted to get one of the other drinks that came with uh, a cup. Um, and I did. I, the only reason I didn't is because I'd already paid for one of the the kind of more premium cocktails. I can't remember how much my drinks were now. I think my first like one was... Bucks, aren't they? I th- yeah, I think it was about $18 or $20 for my mm-hmm. first drink. That was an alcoholic one. And the second one I had was non-alcoholic. So I think that was about $8, $9. But I was like, I can't really justify having already bought one cocktail. And also, you know, they're quite strong. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't go for one of the cups. But I, I certainly would have done the Rancor thing though is is great we did see someone get one uh, mm-hmm. or have one while we were yeah. there and it is it is really nice so they're like a hundred bucks yeah. aren't they uh no i think it was less than that i think it was about 85 oh right, sorry maybe i mean all right that, that you know you got to add tax on like your eight percent or whatever but yeah it, it, it mm. wasn't it wasn't too bad i mean look you'd probably pay not much more uh, not much less than that if you just bought you know if a shop was selling it yeah. So the way I look at it, well, you get a drink with it as well. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. well, what, I'm, what I'm probably going to do is on my first reservation, scope the place out, get a cocktail. And mm-hmm. then my second one, I'll probably get the, the Rancor. Seeing how see, it's depending. Because like my first reservation is like day two of the trip. So splashing out like almost $100 on one thing. Day, day two is probably not the best of decisions. Yeah, I mean, it could be the you know it could be the monorail playset or something. So, you know, I, I think it's a better investment. But yeah, I I completely get your point. Yeah, hey, talking about about stuff like that. I mean, there are a lot of people buying lightsabers and droids. Jesus, we saw everywhere you went, you saw people as lightsaber bags. Because yep. at, at first we we saw them in other parks. You know, we were like in the Magic Kingdom, and I'm thinking. What the hell is that? That looks, you know, what is it? Because, you know, they don't. In theory, they don't let you in the parts with selfie sticks and, and things like that. And then, of course, the first time we went to the studios, it's like, oh, it's a lightsaber, and they must be raking it in. I mean, we had people one, were just buying everything. We had one at the airport, like a bloke in front. Yeah. Of, uh, about two or three people in front of us had one. That was the first time I saw one yeah. being carried in in the bag. That it comes yeah. in. Um, yeah. I mean, the the other thing I'll say about Galaxy's Edge is, I, I thought the merchandise was very expensive for what it was. But like yeah. I really wanted. I was surprised that I wanted it. Um, but they do like a really cute pork puppet. Um, yeah, so uh, that, yeah. that you can kind of animate with your hand. It was quite fun. And I think that was about fifty dollars. Um, I was looking at the yeah. the the kind of wooden toys. That mm-hmm. you see the kids play with in the Last Jedi, but that, that kind yeah. of style of toy, and they were quite cool. But they were like about—I can't remember if they were fifteen, maybe. 
20. I mean, look, the thing is, our view skewed a little bit because, you know, obviously the, the pound is not worth as much against the dollars yeah. it used to be. And we still remember, a lot of us still remember the good old days when, um, you know, you got a lot more bang for your buck. But yeah. I did just sure. notice in general that the, the merchandise around there was quite expensive compared to yeah. elsewhere. Well, I mean, if you think about like Potter, you know, was it 50, 50 bucks for a wand? You know, and people were buying when those first came out, people were buying them like hand over fist. You know, there was a massive queue out of all the vendors, and people were just buying two, three, four of them. You know, I think there's kind of like that. I think the problem is though, and Ryan's touched on this before, is that with with wands and and you know, being in the wisdom world, it was you know, a complete novelty thing, but also like wands and they're, and they're good quality ones as well um even though they are just a bit of like like plasticky finely stuff whatever resin um but you know it, it wasn't just the experience of olivanders it was the fact you was getting something you couldn't just go and buy in your local toys r us or something whilst mm-hmm. you can buy lightsabers at pretty much any price point and you can buy really good lightsabers still for less than what you're going to buy them for at Galaxy's Edge. That's, and that's a good point. That's the reason why I've not booked either the lightsaber or droid experience because I want a lightsaber. I want to frame a lightsaber that like, that's lit up all the time in my uh, kind of above my TV. But I can get one on Etsy for that looks much better, that is more customised to me and is about $50 cheaper. Yeah. And they don't yeah. look bad. Don't get me wrong. They don't look bad. But I'm not going to carry that back, risk carrying that back when I know I can get one on Etsy um, yeah. much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. and the droids. Uh, you know, we saw people going around the droids, and quite frankly, I just wasn't impressed with them for, no. for what they cost. And I've I've heard a lot of people say they've had problems with them, and they've um, mm. you know they've started to break after a little bit. And you know, the whole point of these droids, as I understood it, is that they were supposed to be you know you could use them around Galaxy's Edge and now you've got like a mat on the floor which is like yeah. the droid petting zoo or whatever well, um, supposed to, yeah. there were supposed to be droid tracks everywhere where you could drive them around well you can see you can see some of those in the ground in certain mm. parts of where you you think that's probably where it was going to be but yeah it just mm. seems like you know and i get it you know it it, it would have been a logistical nightmare but yeah. you're either going to make it like it's that enough these strollers exactly and don't talk to me yeah. on wagons but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I think. Sorry, I think if you if you're going to get a droid, get a Sphero. That, that's like the thing is the uh, I want to say he's called Dio, but whatever the new droid is for um, Rise of Skywalker, that's uh, got one single wheel. Oh yeah, um, he they've got Hasbro have actually like Sphero have done the the really cool ones before, but Hasbro are releasing one this time around and it looks great. Like it looks just like the Sphero mm. ones did as well, but you know, it moves around like it does in the film. And yeah, like, well, I'd rather have that to be honest. Yeah. It's not customized, but quite frankly, it's probably mm. going to work better. Yeah. yeah. I find myself being really careful with things like Star Wars merchandise and Potter merchandise nowadays. Cause I've got two ones that I'm looking at right now that are on my shelf. I've got 
a Sphero BB-8 that is literally just sat on my desk and never gets used. It looks great, don't get me wrong, but I'm trying to, as much as I can, rein in the, the inner child. And go, no, you don't need that. Get a functional T-shirt that you're going to wear once a week. <laughs> the thing is, like with wands and lightsabers, like you say, you can display them, right? Yeah. And, you know, they look quite cool. Like my, my, my wife has got a couple of wands that she's bought either from the tour or um, from the wisdom world. Uh, my daughter's got one because she's now into Harry Potter. She, she bought one when she went to King's Cross. Um, but you can display those and they look quite cool. And if you get like a, a decent lightsaber handle, they can be displayed and look really cool. But droids just, as you say, just sit on shelves. Like a few years ago, I bought the kids an R2-D2. I say I bought the kids. I mean, I did buy it for them, but obviously it was really for me. Um, and it's one of those ones that, like the Sphero, is controlled by an app on your phone. And almost immediately after we started playing with it, I thought, what's going to happen when Hasbro stop updating this app? Mm. Because then it is mm. just a paperweight. It literally is going to just be a paperweight one day. Um, and you play with it, you know, it, it was given to us for Christmas and we got a good, you know, few hours of fun picking up the phone and controlling it and all the stuff that it can do. And R2D2 is quite cool and it mm. can make him fall over and he dances to the canteen music and all this kind of stuff. But that thing has not been played with, I think, this year. Mm. You know? So it is just something you get and, you know, you really enjoy for a little bit of time and then you never touch again. So at least with those things, yeah. they look pretty on shelves, but the droids yeah. normally cost a bit a lot more for that than that so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but you know saying that i remember buying my bb8 sphero in hollywood studios and taking it back to our room in the animal kingdom lodge a few years ago and when you first set it up and it's moving around and you're like oh my god how the hell have they done this and it is pretty like that that's that experience you don't forget but then you forget mm. about it <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I looked at uh, a few months ago, they were doing, I don't know if you ever saw it, but the Sphero Lightning McQueen they did when Cars no, oh, came out. Yeah, because it had the eyes as well, right? Oh, yeah, it was great. Like the mouth moved, yeah. the eyes moved, the, the, everything was animated. You could make it do donuts and all sorts. It was really good. But when it came out, it was like 300 quid. And I was mm. like, man, people aren't going to buy that. And I was right because uh, I think about a year later, my local Costco were knocking them out for about 40 quid. Mm. And even at 40 quid, I was like, I'm not going to buy it because I've just had RCD2 and I've seen how much that gets played with, played with. So, you know, and I'm not a massive fan of the, you know, I don't like the Cars franchise anyway. It's just that that was a cool toy. Um, mm. But yeah, sometimes you've got to, you've got to think a bit more rationally. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't, yeah, sure. it wouldn't surprise me if over time those things come down. You know, the joy of the because I think yeah. I know they've been really popular right now, but I can't see it. You know, compare how much is that lightsaber experience? 200 quid, 200 dollars, yeah, $200. Yeah, right. Wow. Compare that to Ollivander's, right? Mm-hmm. That experience is free. And if you end up buying a wand or get tricked into buying a wand, what's the wand about 30 quid, unless you buy the interactive one. Yeah, Something about like that, right? yeah. fifty or sixty, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like the the mm. difference is is 
incomparable. So yeah, yeah, I, I think they'll make big bucks initially, but I can see mm-hmm. both of those things really dying down the interest yeah. over I, time. Yeah. I, I think that one as soon as Chapek's been fired, we're going to see some big positive changes coming to Disney World. I mm. really do think. I don't, think I don't think he's got much long, uh, longer to go, if I'm being honest. Uh, was there anything else, Mr. Day, that you wanted to talk about with your trip? Yeah, yeah. A couple of, couple of things, really. So last thing about Star Wars Land was it, it does look neat at night. You know, it looks, looks great at night. And um, we also got to see Pandora at night for the first time. That's quite funky. Um, it's all kind of luminescent and... Uh, uh, you know, sort of nice lighting on the waterfalls and things like that. So that was good. Um, did like Slinky Dog. Thought Slinky Dog was a good sort of family coaster. So if you've got kids, and you know, probably the Barnstormer in the Magic Kingdom is like the the tamest roller coaster, um, followed by maybe. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and then Slinky is kind of the next level up before you you hit the big rides like Thunder Mountain, and then up to something like Roller Co- uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. But I thought Slinky Dog was pretty good. The Saucers didn't didn't really rate the Saucers. Thought they were pretty naff, really. I uh, don't know Zero what you guys thought on the of them. Action. Sorry. Zero out of ten on the ass action. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, it's rubbish, just isn't didn't it? didn't get. Get it now, um, and then other stuff that we did that was kind of new or newish. So when we were in the Animal Kingdom, we did actually get three fast passes for uh, Flight of Passage, and you know, I'll say it again, it's it's the best ride in Disney World, the best attraction in Disney World by far, and it's it's one of the best attractions I've ever been on. Possibly, maybe just pipped by Hagrid's motorcycle adventure, maybe. But, but definitely, um, it's it's phenomenal. So busy. We really made good use of the fast pass system, but it is worth constantly checking once you've used your third fast pass because we got we literally got flight of passage fast passes on on the same day. You know, we got Flight of Passage fast passes just by checking the app and we got Tower of Terror, you know. So um, fast passes are coming and going on that app all the time. So you really got to make use of the, the fast passes. Um, what else do we do? We also did the we did the up show, the bird show at the Animal Kingdom, which is basically just retheming the show based on up. But, but it was good. And I think there was actually more birds. It was... There's a lot of uh, low swoops of owls and eagles and things like that. It's really good. Uh, we saw Rivers of Light again. So that's only the second time we've seen it. Um, it's good, but it just isn't great. It just needs something, some kind of focus or some kind of emotional connection. It is a nice show, but it's just lacking something. Um, we also saw Epcot Forever. Um, the, the the interim show, I thought it was really good. Actually, there's a few things with it that are a bit funky. So, again, spoiler alert, but it's certain parts there's like illuminated kites 
which are towed on jet skis, which are zooming around the lake. That's quite a good effect because it comes in for the first time during the soaring section. So you've got a little bit of soaring music and then these kites just suddenly illuminate and, and they're flying around the lake. Um, but we did see we did see them have a malfunction and they actually ditched the set of kites into the lake at one point, um, which was a bit embarrassing, I think, because they, they still had fireworks going off and things like that. Uh, but the show itself was was pretty good. At, at the end, some of the music at the end is a bit odd. Some of the music at the beginning is like classic Epcot music, so things like uh, One Little Spark and um, you know the music from Horizons and things like that. But then it, towards the end, it kind of goes into music from films, which just seems a little bit odd. And they don't do any tribute to Illuminations, which is a shame. Would have been nice if they'd just thrown a little bit of illumination music in there. But it is a good show. Definitely worth worth seeing. Um food and wine is phenomenal. Um, you know, we really did quite a lot of food and wine. Everything we had was good. And I'm telling you, if it's still gonna be there when you're there, Ryan, try the hummus fries in Morocco. They're awesome. But the thing you've really got to try if you like chocolate is the the chocolate nitro. Um it's it's not on World Showcase. It's on the path that takes you to the Imagination Pavilion. Yeah, another it's, one you mean? Yeah, it's just it's amazing. You got to try that. It's um, it's chocolate mousse that's frozen in liquid nitrogen and then smashed up, and then they put like caramel sauce on it. It's just amazing. Oh, um, awesome! I've tried the raspberry tart there before, but I've never tried that one. And I so food and wine is my favorite. Um, my food and wine Halloween um, is my favorite time of year, and when we booked this three-week yeah. trip, based on last year, we thought food and wine was going to end at the end of our second week, but they've extended it, mm-hmm. so it's there for the entire three weeks, which we are just over the moon about. Great, yeah, I, yeah. We did, we didn't have a bad dish. I mean, we, we tried loads of things from different places, and you know, it was it was all really good and great use of snack credits or or quick service meal. You can get three things for a quick service meal or one thing for a snack. Um, we also then, what else did we do? We tried the Skyliner. We got, we finally got on the Skyliner because we were coming back from Disney Springs one night and they blocked the road. Um, and we thought it was an accident and it was, it was the Skyliner accident. So it actually blocked off a section of road to get the people down. And then a couple of days later, they started running it again, but not with people. And then right at the end of our holiday, they started running it with people. Um, so we finally did get to manage to ride it from Epcot to, sorry, from Caribbean Beach to Epcot. We had to take a bus to Caribbean Beach, get on at Caribbean Beach, and then ride it back to Epcot. But I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was really awesome. It, it goes pretty fast. It's quite smooth. It's really clever how it transfers. So when you get to the Riviera Resort, you don't have to, you can get off there, but you don't have to. You can just keep going to Epcot. Um, I was quite surprised. I know you and P-Dabs did it, Nick, but I was quite surprised at how quick it pulls up when it gets to the to the end point. I mean, it oh, really yeah. pulls up pretty quickly. Yeah, that so was I a bit only I didn't assume, like. <laughs> I didn't mind. It was a little bit of a thrill, but um, but yeah, I was quite surprised at how quickly it pulls up. But mm. I think it's a great system. I think that's going to that's gonna make a massive difference to to certain resorts like Caribbean Beach, Art of Animation, Pop Century, etc. I mean, look, you know, we've had this accident. Um, mm. 
very early on in, into its its uh, starting. Like you, I think it's a great system. We talked about it a bit on that on that episode, and we can see how it's really going to potentially change things. But at the, you know, there are limitations with it. You know, obviously during adverse weather, it's not going to it's not going to work out very well. Um, people were saying that you know those that were stuck up there for you know a couple of hours that it was getting uncomfortable it was getting very hot in there um you know because we only went on it when it was fully working you know we got a really nice mm-hmm. breeze considering how hot it was um yeah because you're moving so quickly but i can i can get you know i can understand that that if you're stuck on it uh for a yeah. pro- prolonged period of time it is going to get quite toasty in there so yeah it, you know in they need to iron things out and it shouldn't have happened but you know i i think it's early days yet to be writing it off and i i agree i think it's really going to change how you stay on property yeah and get around yeah, I, yeah it just it just links so many you know i mean you've now got if you take like the monorail the boats and the skyliner so many things now are linked without having to use buses the only one that's kind of the odd man out now is the animal kingdom um, I'm not sure if they're oh, ever going to get it. away from. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you picked so the it. only the only exclusive <laughs> one then, right? Right. The exclusivity is the Animal Kingdom. <laughs> right? Um, we also did Mickey's Not So Scary, which was quite a contrast to Halloween Horror Nights, but it was excellent. I mean, we had a fantastic time, and they've modified the parade. They've upgraded the parade a little bit. It always was a great parade, the boot to your parade. It's it's even better now. They've added a few little elements to the like the um the haunted mansion um section right. of it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, you've still got the grave diggers with the shovels and you've got the couples dancing as as if they're in the ballroom and you've got the grin the hitchhiking ghosts and, and all of that. It's 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 really excellent. But then they got the new uh Hall of Wishes has been replaced by the new show featuring a Jack Skeleton. That was really good. It's more of a light show, but it has got quite a lot of fireworks. The music's good. Uh first time we'd seen it, but we thought it was was excellent. Um the park was pretty busy. Uh you know, I mean we 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 did everything we wanted to do, but it was uh it's definitely pretty busy. Uh the only thing I would say is uh, towards the end of our holiday, we still hadn't done the happily ever after fireworks, and because because there were so many Halloween parties, I think everybody had the same idea. So on the Thursday, last Thursday night, we went to the Magic Kingdom specifically to see the fireworks, and oh my God, was it heaving like you have never seen before! I mean. If I if I tell you that, forget about the hub. The hub was shoulder to shoulder from about eight o'clock onwards, but also all the way down Main Street, right back to the to the railway station. It was shoulder to shoulder. Um, it's horrible, isn't it? Those non-party days for for having yeah. after horrible. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, it was it wasn't so bad for us. I mean, we did cock up because we should have gone earlier in the holiday. We had two weeks to go, and we left it to like the last night, but. Um, but we've seen it before, so it's not the end of the world. But if you're like an American family and you only go there for three or four days and and there's so many Halloween parties that you've only got one option to see it, 
and that's it. It's it's pretty bad, really. I think I'd be I think I'd be mentally pissed off if I paid all that money, and 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 it was that busy, you know. I mean, it was unpleasantly busy. I gotta say, and the cast members, you could see they were really stressed. They had a tough time managing the crowds, and then of course when the show starts, all the kids go up on the shoulders. So now people are pissed off behind. The phones go up. It's not so much iPods anymore, but still, if you're stood in front of somebody and they've got one of these big iPhone XSs, you know, and it goes right up in front of your face, it's not a great experience, you know. But the show itself is phenomenal. Happily Ever After Firewatch show, fantastic. We did get a good view in the end, or a decent view. And then there's the, I forget what it's called, but then there's another little light, castle light show that comes after it. And that's excellent as well. And a lot of people had gone by that point. And so you, you could watch that without any problem. But uh, definitely it's worth weird. staying for both of those shows. Okay, so um, those are kind of some of the highlights, some of the, the new things that we did. Um, all in all, fantastic holiday again. Um, not quite sure when we're going to go back. Probably won't be 2020, but maybe 2021. Not quite sure. Definitely want to go back for Rise of the Resistance. Um, so yeah, all in all, really sad to be back. Yeah, 2021 is the big anniversary as well. 50th anniversary, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, so I, might I be an interesting year. Um, I I think I might be making another trip next year, mm-hmm. but I won't be going to Disney if I do. It'll be another mm-hmm. Halloween Horror Nights weekend. But yeah. To be honest, like I, it, you know, as I kind of said on, on the last podcast, like uh, I, I only went to Hollywood Studios, and I wouldn't be going to do a, a Disney family trip for a few years yet. The flight is just too long for the kids. Um, but my experience at Hollywood Studios compared to the last time I went there, um, I really felt the quality of everything just just dwindle in front of my eyes. I, I really didn't enjoy it as much as uh, I thought I was going to, or I remembered it. And um, my poor wife, she was the one that encouraged me to go because mm. she knew how much I wanted to go and see Star Wars and everything like that. And yeah. she like, and she, like going up to the trip, she was fine. And when I was there, she was quite upset because I was like there without her. And I get it. And I thought, you know, not only is she quite sad because I've gone to Disney without her, uh, and I didn't like it bothered her. I, was, I wouldn't have done it. But also, other than Star Wars, I've not had a great time. I've not had a great experience. So yeah. it was like a double kind of whammy in that regard. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say that I wouldn't let it put you off because we had a fantastic holiday. I mean, if you treat, and this is, I think this is the difference really, we treat the whole of Walt Disney World as one resort, right? And if you treat it as one resort across the whole resort, so you've got four parks, four theme parks, you've got two water parks, you've got the boardwalk area, you've got Disney Springs, plus there's other bits and pieces like mini golf and things like that. So if you treat the whole thing as one resort, it, it, it makes a difference. If you're just like going in and hitting a single park, it, it, it adds a different flavour to the thing, I think. And, and what I would say is about the studios is, the studios, even though they've put in Galaxy's Edge, we don't have Rise of the Resistance yet, and I think that will help. You've got, you've only got a few big rides in the park. It's mainly show-based. It's still mm. 
you know, you got you got Beauty and the Beast, you got Indiana Jones, you've got this Frozen sing along, you've got Voyage of the Little Mermaid, you know, it's a lot of show based stuff in that park. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I said it on the last episode. It's been a hot minute now since we've done it, but yeah. um, I, I think I, I definitely said this to P Dubs that people complain all the time about Walt Disney Studios over in Paris mm-hmm. and how it's lacking and everything like that. And yes, of course, it's having this massive expansion at the moment. It's going to add like new lands, new attractions, the Car Studio Tour, <laughs> the, and the Car Studio Tour. Yeah, um, but. You know, people talk about that and how lame it is and everything like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios is just a bigger version of that now. Mm. Like, it's really a lot of style over substance. There's really not, you know, there's a whole area just to go and meet Incredibles characters. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Yeah. God. It, de- it definitely needs more. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a, sh- it's a shame to say that because they've just spent money on Toy Story Land and they've just spent money on galaxy's edge and, and and rise of the resistance will make a difference but yeah I think but so. toy story land is is mainly for smaller kids you've got the runaway railway coming which hopefully will be good so you've got runaway railway you've got two star wars rides you've still got rock and roller coaster and tower of terror which are great rides and you've got toy story mid may mania which is great but the rest of it is shows and i mean i love i love things like muppets and indiana jones but but they have kind of had their day, you know. It needs it's been there for thirty years. Yeah. yeah, it it still needs even when even when Star Wars is finished and and you know the runaway railway is in, I think it still needs a couple of other things. Whether it's new shows or a, another couple of attractions, I still think to make it a full park, it it, it needs a bit of money spent on it, which yeah. is. It's just kind of amazing, really, when you think of how much they've already spent. But I don't think it's going to get it for a while. I think all the money's going to go into Epcot. Yeah. Because they have already started to gut the centre of Epcot. The money's the money's been spent on on Hollywood Studios. That is going to be it mm-hmm. now for at least the next five years, if not the next decade. I really yeah. can't see. You know, there, there might be some rethemes. I really think Rock and Roller Coaster is going to be rethemed. Mm-hmm. Probably something kind of Marvel. Um you know, Tower of Terror wouldn't they can. What's that? Tower of Terror wouldn't surprise me either. If they turn um, Rock and Roller and Tower of Terror into Marvel, they're right next to each other. I don't, I mean, I, you know, I really thought they would have done, but they've got the, Gal- the, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing already coming out, and I'm struggling to think of what other kind of Marvel thing would work in that mm. ride environment. Um, yeah. But, so I think Tower Terror is probably safe, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, Rock and Roller Coaster is definitely looking, you know, inside the building is looking very dated. Um, mm-hmm. Aerosmith is obviously quite a dated band now, unfortunately. Music's still good, but not really relevant mm-hmm. to a lot of people. So I can yeah. see, I can see there being a few rethemes of things. Yeah, but yeah, that's so. probably about all we're gonna get. Yeah. I, and I actually, I also think Star Tours could be the next one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make sense for there to be a Star Wars attraction when no. Galaxy's Edge is just across the road. So yeah. I can see I them think, trying to do something with that. No, unless you're going right, to extend, mm. unless you extend yeah, the Galaxy's Edge to incorporate Star Tours. I think, I think your summary is right, though. If you treat Disney World as a as one big resort, that's mm. the thing I love about it, right? So if I if I go to Epcot for the day, we can go and go off to Coronado Springs for a dinner and drink. We might not even be staying there and then head back to the Springs for a drink before yeah. we 
like yeah, myself, but you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, and that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I mean, there's, I don't think we ever just do one park in a day and, and do it from like dawn till dusk. You know, we, we'll do half a day in a park and then we'll use either Disney Transport or our car, but Disney Transport if we can, and we'll go somewhere else, either another park, a water park, Disney Springs, and and you've got to treat it as a whole resort. And Universal's getting the same way now. And I mean, Universal's going to have three parks, a lot more resorts, City Walk, you know, that that is more of a all-encompassing resort. So we, we're actually, next time we go, for the first time, we're actually going to do a kind of two-centre thing. We're going to spend probably maybe four nights in Universal and then transfer to Disney. And I think that's the other thing as well, right? You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be doing a Disney World vacation and I want to stay in the centre of it and all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. all the bells and whistles, you know, you're looking at a good seven to ten grand for that to happen, Um, you know, without your flights. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's an expensive trip whilst you could go and do Universal and other bits of Florida for like 10 days. Okay, we're not talking about the same duration. You don't need the same duration. But, you know, even if you did two weeks, right? Let's say you did two weeks Disney, two weeks Universal. You know, you could do Universal and, you know, do lots of other things around Florida, whether that's Busch Gardens or SeaWorld or you want to go to Kennedy Space and whatever it is. Um, you're you're looking at you know half, less than half, well sorry more than half, uh, the cost of of doing that. And yes, of course the experience is completely different. I know we're talking about Disney and and everything, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of money to throw on a holiday. And quite frankly, yep. I don't think that we would get the benefit or the enjoyment compared to the the the, the outcost of it um mm. I, I just i don't the numbers just don't add up and the thing the is thing, Ryan, right. you know you're you're doing this for for, for three weeks and it's the two of you right yeah. and when we when it was just the two of us it's com- it's a completely different story I, I was about to say exactly that i think if you're if you're a couple or you're an older family disney world is mm. i think it's disney world is better suited than it has been than ever for the mm. older demographic i think i think you're right if you've got small kids i think it's a it is a, a bit more of a oh, a it's super expensive but yeah. b actually i think it's it's not as good as it once was for that demographic i think and also it's it's geographically so big yeah, yeah. you know you're going to get tired you can get tired walking around universal and, and islands and when they open this third part that as well but those parts are nowhere near the same scale to a Disney park, you're walking around a Magic Kingdom all day. You're going to be knackered by the end of that day. Yeah, really, yeah. really knackered. You're not going to last. If you go in there for early Magic Hours, you're probably not seeing the day out if you spend all day. Yeah, there. And, I, and and I think that's the difference about staying on site. And I know it is a little bit more expensive to stay on site. If you stay in a value resort, it isn't necessarily massively more expensive, but it is more expensive. But again, I think I think it's priced more and more for the American market and they you know they'll on a per day basis it isn't so much of a big deal for them if they're only staying for four or five days yeah it's a lot of money but across four or five days it isn't so bad 
we typically go for at least two weeks, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, three. Um, and so overall, it's a, it's a bigger investment. But if you were gone for two weeks and you really wanted to do the parks, you could do four nights at Universal and 10 nights at Disney. Mm. In, in your two weeks, something like that. Mm. Um, just before we wrap up, there was two other things I just wanted to share, mainly for people gone this year. Um, UK Disney guests don't pay for parking this year at the resorts, right? That's the deal. From 2020, that changes. So if so long as you arrive before the end of 2019, you don't pay for parking. We got charged for parking right and it appeared on my bill and what well, i noticed it because we've got a fair fx card one of these prepaid you know pre-loaded currency cards and it appeared on my fair fx card so what they were doing was about every four days they were charging to the card which was odd because they've never done that before they usually wait until the end of the, mm. the two weeks and then they, they charge the card in one hit but a couple every couple of days they were charging to the to the card and i noticed this this charge so i asked for a, a bill to be printed and it was parking and i went up to reception and i said look you know we're uk guests we should be getting parking free and i had my ipad there with the disney.co.uk webpage which has got this it laid out very clearly very explicitly as soon as i opened my mouth she said we'll take it off <laughs> right well, because they get it a lot to be honest well yeah but but think about that, right? I mean, this is so we're there for two nights. It's eighteen dollars a night at a moderate resort. It's quite a lot of money, without even asking for any reason why we wanted it taken off or any proof. She just took it off like that. Now, hey, I, I love Disney and I think they're great and they do a lot of great stuff. But that made me a little bit suspicious, right? That made me a little bit suspicious that they knew they shouldn't be charging UK guests for this. But they're not mm. going to take it off until, exactly you, until you challenge them. Mm. Well, yeah, of course they know where, exactly where you're from because that's all in your booking details. They yeah. they so, have it, they know exactly who you are when you check yeah. in. Yeah. So did they know that you so had a car? You, yeah, yeah. They asked about oh, the car. They asked about it. Oh, okay. And I, and I actually said when I checked in, they said, "Have you got a car?" And I said, "Yes." I said, "Do you need to know the license plate or anything like that?" And she said, "No, no, that's fine." Um. And interestingly, Coronado Springs, the barrier was always up, right? Mm. There's a barrier, but it was always up. Um, so I th- thought it must be like, I don't know, it's some method of detecting that it was it was you, whether it was Magic Band or whatever. Um, but I don't think so. I think they just had the barrier up. Uh, and when she asked if I had a car, that was it. She just basically put parking on the room and either didn't know or didn't think about this UK thing, but as soon as I challenged that with a, a different cast member, they took it off, and that just seems suspicious. So anybody gone this year, even if you're gone at the end of the year and your stay goes into next year, you're entitled to free parking. So just watch your bill and and just challenge them on it. And the and the information is on the Disney uh, UK website. It's all explicitly laid out there. So that was one thing, and. Um, the other thing is, when we were there, we also went up to St. Augustine for the day, and that's that's a great place to visit if you're looking for a day out. That's really good. Oldest city in Florida or the US, I'm not sure. Maybe the oldest city in the US. But uh, that was a nice, it was a two-hour trip, two-hour drive. 
But uh, we stopped on the way up there and we had breakfast at an old sugar mill in a state park and you can make your own pancakes and uh, awesome. make your own breakfast. That was really good. That was good. We got that. Uh, found that on a website somewhere. But uh, St. Augustine's a nice place. So, yeah, that was I'll, it. I'll add it to the list. Totally <laughs> enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a great time today and hopefully we'll mm-hmm. get you on uh, Universal to talk about mm. your your time there because obviously we spent a bit of time together. Um, yeah. But you went back and uh, yeah. had Halloween Horror Nights again. So it'd be good to hear, we did, hear yeah. about that. And uh, I know she won't listen, uh, but um, Kerry was lovely. And so no, was Hannah. Nice. So yeah, they um, had a great time. So they really enjoyed meeting I like, you I and like everybody the, else. Well, it's quite funny because uh, Heather said she remembered me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I, I think we took we only talked for a little bit at Mouse Meets because it yeah. was pre you uh, joining and everything like that. That's right. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, like I, I've got vivid memories of that, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't remember too much. So uh, it, I, I left an impression, which I never know if, if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was great hanging out with uh, with yeah. the three of you, and yeah, um, yeah that's, you can you can pass on the message that uh, I thought they were all delightful. So I will do. Thank um, you for that. Great time, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see you at Halloween Horror Nights uh, another time. But yeah, uh, we will let you go, Mister D. Thank you very much okay. for your trip report. And all right, uh, guys. Ryan, I think it's time for us to go and do some news. Right, I'll so. talk to you soon. Ryan, have a great holiday. Cheers, man. Good luck with it all. Yeah, talk to you soon. Cheers. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys. To find great prices for your next Disney holiday, as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. Okay, so some Disney news. Um, Ryan, was there anything you wanted to kick off with in particular? Uh, yeah, I think the the first one was, I think we touched on it earlier a little bit, was the the names in Docking Bay 7. Yes, yeah, we did, we did touch on it a little bit. So I, you know, I, again, I didn't eat in Docking Bay 7. Right, so I didn't really look at the menu while I was there or anything like that. But I was in uh, Ogre's Cantina, and you know, all the drinks have really funky names. But like, when you eat in most places or you have drinks in most places, something might have a ludicrous name, and then it will explain what that actually is. Yes, the name of the item doesn't really matter in you know me making a choice because it tells me what I'm going to eat. So I was a little bit perplexed at why they were doing this. Yeah, it's really it's really odd because yeah, it does underneath explain what's actually in it as well on the boards. But so they removed the Star Wars names from everything on the menu. So for example, 
fried Endorian tip yip was simplified to fried chicken, and the shark roast or shack roast uh, was renamed to beef pot roast. And naturally, Diz Twitter kicked off because when doesn't Diz Twitter kick off? But I do think that in this instance, there is a justification in doing so. You can't have cast members not telling you where the toilets are in one aspect and then them changing it to fried chicken on the menu. And so everyone kicks off. And now, from today, as of we are recording today, they started to add um, the star's names back in. I just, it just, it, I just don't, I don't get it. Like it's such a short, it was such a short size decision and such a short term decision as well. If they've already reverted back, but the whole idea is that you're supposed to be in this immersive land, right? I mean, that's the the blessing and the curse when we're talking about signage, right? But that is something that I don't see why it would cause guests any problem. Like, who is looking at a menu and sees whatever? the dish was that you said the pot roast was and it says you know underneath it you know beef pot roast with you know potatoes or whatever it comes with right but mm. it tells you what it is no one is going well i can't order any of this food because i know what any of it is it tells you explicitly what the food actually is for you to understand yeah. it's so in I the description underneath yeah i mean the only odd one out perhaps is the is tugs morning oats so I, I don't care what's underneath that i'm not having that that's that's an unfortunate name choice, right? Uh, yeah. Especially for us in the UK, maybe in America as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. When when uh, the words morning and tug are in the same sentence, it doesn't mean uh, porridge. No, no, definitely not for us. No. So I'm glad they've kind of relented on that. And I mean, these Twitter is. Um, I mean, they they talk about uh, the cantina being a place of uh, villainy and scum. But that's, that also sums up this Twitter quite well as well, I think. Yeah, it, it um, is. It's, it is a bit of a game of who shot first as well often. Yeah, because another one that I picked up on over the last few days was this absolute outrage that uh, Casey's Corner was only giving you uh, ketchup in cups. Yes. No sachets. And uh, again, in the same way they did around Star Wars, this Twitter blew up. And everyone was up in arms, and it seemed to be a supply issue. From what yeah, I, can I think understand. they had a shortage for it for a day, maybe even just a day. Yeah, um, and of course, there's going to be some kind of um, person from Twitter with over a thousand followers that happens to be in Casey's corner that day and shares a outraged picture. Um, so it all kind of goes crazy. But I, I think in that situation, the cast members weren't being particularly forward as to what was going on. Which, to be fair, like what? Yeah. Also, if it was a supply issue, they wouldn't particularly be telling like normal guests, "Oh, yeah, we've got issues with our supplier," would they? They're going to be saying, "Oh, we can, we can sort you out here." Well, <laughs> you know? it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, I I had lunch today at Taco Bell, and that's the that's the damage of having one a twenty minute walk away from you, even though there's only about thirty in the whole country. Um, but my uh, I had a seven-layer burrito. Now, I found out because somebody ordered something else that there was no guacamole. So they'd replace uh, the guacamole. You know, they said, you can't have guacamole. We've run out. Um, can we get you something else instead? So they did. Now, they didn't do that for me. So I had a six-layer burrito. Thank you, Taco Bell. 
Um, but, you know, they just turned around and said, we've run out. And I've yeah. been there before. And they've like, um, like before you order your food, we've run out of fries. Now, Taco Bell in the UK, you either get fries or you can get nachos. I don't think you get fries in America. But the fact is they are just upfront and say to you, we've run out. Our, yeah. our delivery's not coming, whatever. There is no reason why I don't think even Disney would shy away from that. Like, if you run out of stuff, you run out of stuff. Just that, that's it. Yeah, that, we're really sure we're catch up running low. We yeah. can give you what we've got here, but we're, we're giving out in small amounts because it needs to last a day. Right. And, so, and also as well, like, how much ketchup do you get in a sachet anyway? Yeah. Right? They probably, like, somebody probably went to target or walmart or somewhere and bought like you know bottles and bottles of ketchup so they actually had stuff to give out to guests at least they were still giving you what you wanted even if it wasn't in the usual way that they did it's not like anyone went without anything and those pots had more sauce in them than you'd have got in a sachet anyway so what was you complaining because you didn't get to take 10 sachets home with you so you could you know take them away from the park like get over it and the worst thing is about that is that these two two exploded for no reason because obviously the next day it was back to normal or two days, whatever long it took. But you're guaranteed somebody will go, oh yeah, well, you know, Disney have relented on that because of the outrage that, you know, my story. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like someone will take yeah. that as a victory. They've got a victory <laughs> over Disney because of their influence. Yeah. Because that's what people are like. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. On a related note, I will say that one of my favourite things to do at the moment, and you probably would have noticed it because we're we're not just friends; we're Facebook friends. Yeah. And you you may well notice that sometimes random comments from me pop up in Disney communities on Facebook now. And one of my favourite things to do is just to outrage um, the occasional uh, visitor of Disney World that thinks they know everything about the resorts. And yesterday, someone shared a picture of afternoon tea at the Grand Floridian. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. And it looked awful. It looked god-awful. I, I, I can't remember what the price of it is, but it's not cheap. Obviously, it's the Grand Floridian. Mm. And I commented on the piece to say, look, this is pretty bad. It doesn't look like afternoon tea. You can get afternoon tea basically anywhere better than this. Um, that looks like 10 times better than this for half the price, if not over half the price what's you know what's grand Floridian doing basically and then you get these people saying well it's themed on an 18th century afternoon tea therefore you're wrong well okay oh, that's God. fine but you're not paying 10 guineas for your afternoon tea are you <laughs> yeah but it's not right because by that logic when you have your character breakfast at um what is it 1890 park fair yeah. i always get the name of it wrong i'm glad i got it right that time um, but when you have your character breakfast there, why why have they got breakfast lasagna? Right. Because well, they didn't have that back in the Victorian day. In fact, they don't really have it now. I think the whole thing's a monstrosity. But do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's clearly not. And actually, I've only had, I've only gone for afternoon tea once. And that was a, a few years ago. There was an Alice in Wonderland themed afternoon tea. And the kids bought it for uh, the wife for Mother's Day. Um, and we went and went up to London 
to uh, you know, a fairly posh hotel and had this afternoon tea. And it wasn't cheap. Like uh, I want to say it was about 40 quid each or something. Mm. And we got a selection of sandwiches and we got a selection of cakes and uh, like so much tea. So, you know, so many varieties of tea that you could have and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it was things running some Wonderland. So like the, the bread was cut in funny shapes and some of the bread was coloured and, you know, you drink me bottles of um, desserts and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But it, it was nicely done, right? And it was a bit unique. But that wasn't a conventional afternoon tea. But I've seen conventional afternoon teas and what they serve up at a Grand Floridian is not. And I said this to you in a reply because you mentioned it on, on Twitter as well which is that what Disney, and it's not, I'm not just having a pop at Disney, right? Because Universal are also completely guilty of this as well, right? Is that they will um, give you authentic cuisine from a location. So obviously Harry Potter is set in England, so, Mm. uh, or or the UK. So, uh, you know, you can have a fried English breakfast. And uh, the Rose and Crown, uh, I've only gone to the quick service. I've never gone inside, but, you know, they serve fish and chips. And when you have those things and you actually eat them, you realise that they're not authentic at all. No. Like they, they have just gone, oh, what's fish and chips? Oh, well, it's uh, a bit of fish and uh, it's, it's fried in, uh, in a batter. Okay, we'll do that. That's not fish and chips. Like no, exactly. Following it's a recipe is not doing it. I mean, the the so the um the prices here range from thirty five dollars to one hundred and fifty dollars for afternoon tea, depending on what you're getting. Based on um the picture that I saw, the the bakes of what the offering was looked pretty poor for one. Yeah, uh, I certainly wouldn't be paying those prices. And for some people, it just seems that Disney can do no wrong. And I think we're we're very much fair when they do when they do right we praise them for it when they do wrong we um say so and it 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 looks like they're serving it on like plates that my great 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 grandma might have owned (laughs) um that look awful i've I've got some great comments here actually so i share a couple of comments that i got yeah absolutely so i shared the picture on twitter from disney food blog who actually i as an aside i think is a great um Offering and sharing everything that's going on from the food side of things. Yeah. So nothing against AJ or the team at Disney Food Blog. They were just sharing uh, a, a review and a picture of the of the uh, afternoon tea. Especially if you want to come so, on AJ, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we, we would actually like you on the show, AJ. Um, so someone said, "Pretty poor showing." Where's the rest of it? Even M&S can produce a similar looking one at a fraction of the price. Um, that's Marks and Spencer. Uh, for those in America, what else we got here? My mum's had a better looking one than the other week at our local cafe. Um, one of my favourites was Morrison's cream tea is better than that crap. Uh, someone said, honestly, I've had most of the pastries on that tray at one point or another, and they're not amazing at all. Um, so that's interesting. And then the last one was, it simply said, I, you know what? Can't find it now. Oh, here we go. I've had Boots Meal deals that look better than the, the Grand Floridian afternoon tea. That was my favourite. <laughs> yeah, especially if you've had a Boots Meal deal. Their cakes aren't yeah. the best. They're um, great now. 
it's yeah it, it, it beggars belief i was um when we move over to the other uh, the outside of part news uh i'll talk about the actual topic we were talking about um but i commented to some well, it, it their comment or their tweet was in relation to um disney bloggers or, or disney influencers really that are kind of on the payroll to an extent um or mm. given freebies that will uh, sing the praise of something whether it deserves it or not and and can't seem to ever have an opposing view of, of something or a negative view uh, of something to do with disney and i said that um when i look through our itunes reviews or even reviews on our uh, facebook page the only negative ones we get are people saying oh um i don't like the podcast because you're too negative about disney and i don't mm. think we're negative about disney i think we're realistic about disney in, a, a, across well, yeah, I mean, across all the podcasts, I mean, look, you're not going to sit here every, uh, you know, other week or so and spend your time recording a podcast about something you hate, right? So we all love Disney, but, we, you know, we might love different things about Disney or whatever. We've all got our own kind of angles. But we've got the flexibility, because we're not on the payroll, of not feeling this pressure that everything has to be sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. We can turn around and say, no, this is actually not good enough. Um, and I, I, I don't understand this logic of turning, you know, being positive about everything because especially with a company like Disney, not everything they do is great. Now they often release films that aren't very good. They open theme park attractions that aren't very good or don't live up to the expectation. Sometimes they even open lands. Yes, Toy Story Land, I'm looking at you. Um, which don't live up to the expectations that you expect from a theme park of that well, calibre, which, which charge yeah. the prices they do, let's be honest. I mean, it's not cheap to go to Disney, um, whether you're going for uh, you know a proper holiday or you're going for the day like I did. You know, It's It'd not be- a cheap thing to do. In the defence of uh, Toy Story Land, it does look like a nine-year-old has built it. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe I'm spoiled from the fact that we had Toy Story Land in, in Paris and we have done for a long time that now. Is, that and, was like a three-year-old, it? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> this is this is clearly, you know, the, the Hollywood Studios version is clear, clearly an upgrade from that. But it's that's... still terrible. No, it's still quite damning praise. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think... I, I think a company should be applauded for the things it does right uh, and yeah. for the things it does well, but also just like accept that not everything they do is amazing. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, everyone, uh, in fact, most of the, the negative reviews that I get is because I bang on too much about the things that I love, like the cellar and the boathouse and Epcot and the food and wine festival and all that kind of stuff. But I think you have to bring up a company like Disney because when they do wrong, because otherwise you've got all these people, uh, all these uh, bloggers, and not all of them, but a lot of them, saying everything you're doing is brilliant. Everyone's loving it. So Disney are going to do more of that mm. when actually it sucks. Yeah, yeah. That that you, that's it. I, I think you've got to be balanced, and I think that that's the thing it is about trying to be balanced. You know, God, I mean, there probably is uh, somebody might well want to do a Disney podcast, which is just them screaming into a microphone 
on a weekly basis saying to everyone how awful Disney are as a company and how everything they do is rubbish. But I'm pretty sure no one is going to waste their time being that negative and spending that much time being negative about something they just don't care about. Um, mm. But yeah, just, just just be honest about things sometimes. And, you know, somebody the other week told me um, that the, the fish and chips at a Rose and Crown is the greatest fish and chips in the world. And that was somebody who lives in a seaside town, for God's sake. Allergic to fish, though, I'd imagine. <laughs> must, must have never eaten it before <laughs> in their life. Because, I mean, we had the fish and chips there once because we was waiting for the fireworks and, you know, we were, we were standing, you know, we was getting our position yeah. for uh, illuminations and that's the nearest place to get some food was. So we were like, oh, we'll give that a go. But it was awful. I would never go back there and have it again. I certainly wouldn't, you know, if anyone ever asked me what fish and chips is like, have you eaten there? It's not like that. Um, you know, proper fish and chips doesn't taste like that. Uh, and yeah, don't get me started on, on the breakfast. Like somebody shared a photo of a, of a English breakfast. I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere on Disney property that was serving an English breakfast. Um, but you know, it had like beans and sausage and bacon. But again, like it's supposed to be an English breakfast, but you're using American bacon, which yeah, is I mean, a completely different beast. English bacon. Yeah, and I and I look, I, I get that, right? And it's the same way, you know. I had the breakfast at um, at the free broomsticks, mm. and you know they have a full English breakfast, and the beans. You could tell the beans were not, uh, not 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 Heinz. I don't even buy Heinz myself, but. American baked beans are different to British baked beans. Yeah. Like the sauce is just completely different. And so you're eating it, you're like, this is not an authentic English breakfast. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And you know, I genuinely when I when I'm in the States, I try and avoid British food. I think yeah. the one exception I'm making this year is I'm going to Raglan Road. And I wouldn't be, but I've had two separate recommendations this year from um Dan. And my mum and dad, who my dad said it was the best burger he's ever had. And wow. I know that my parents' taste buds aren't terrible. So we thought we'd give it a go this year. So it'd be interesting to see. I've only I've only eaten the deep fried Snickers in there. And I mean it was it was beautiful. Um, really? Oh yeah. Oh I I'd never I'd never had I know it was like a big trend for quite a few mm. years in certain parts of the UK, so like for their chip shops to kind of deep fry chocolate bars and cream eggs and whatnot. Um, but I'd never, never had one. And uh, I saw that Raglan Rose had some and we'd just eaten dinner. So, you know, we didn't need to eat food, but I hadn't had dessert. I was like, oh, that sounds like not a bad idea to have as a dessert. And it was just a gooey mess. I mean, it wasn't a good mess. It's like, it's, it's like battered or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it was great. Like you, I, I try and avoid, um, I, I want to experience food that I wouldn't be able to get at home. Right. I've never I like been. Yeah, ex- yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've never eaten at Toad Hall in Disneyland Paris. I, think I did. Uh, you know what? If, if all the places I've eaten inside the parks, it wasn't the worst. Um, yeah, but that's oh, not no, the of Disneyland Paris's food. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but the, again, the reason why I've never eaten there is because, well, it's they do fish and chips. Well, I'm, yeah. I left that at home. 
I no. think I, I think my family just we just it was raining classic Paris and we were like we're hungry it's like the complete other side of the park so we thought okay let's just go in here and wait for the rain to stop yeah but when when you've got so much other like different types of food that you can have there why are you going to have something you uh, something that's Especially not going to be as good <laughs> well yeah exactly yeah. like it's just 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 ludicrous so yes uh, was there any other uh part news that you wanted to talk about the last thing for me was that it looks like the Walt Disney World Railroad is going to be closed until 2021 wow. um, due to the Tron um, construction. So mm. that's pretty shocking, I think. Um, originally, I'm sure it was supposed to be opening again next year. Or very, I think actually, I think the original plan was late this year. But yeah, it's it's going to be closed until 2021, and you'd imagine it would reopen shortly before Tron opens. You, you'd expect so, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, you know, and I, I know people don't like us talking about Disneyland Paris too much on, on this podcast, and that's why we've got Discover DLP, if you want to go and listen to that. Um, but, you know, the, the Disneyland Paris Railroad has been closed for mm. a similar amount of time, actually. Um it's, it's been it's been down for over 18 months i think at this point almost two years and that is due to reopen uh shortly and that was closed for uh maintenance and, and restoration rather than construction of uh, of a new attraction but yeah i don't you know maybe that's another reason why maybe they're going to be doing some restoration on You'd it as well so, yeah Apparently, the Fantasyland and Frontier stations are still listed as reopening at the beginning of 2020. So perhaps they're thinking here that it will go into like shuttle mode back and forth between those two stations. So that okay. it's done that in, it's done that in Disneyland in the past, mm. um, which would be a nice way to at least. Because what happens to the cast members? Because surely a lot of those cast members have been working on those trains for years and years and years. Mm. When it goes down for like what three years. They can't be still employed, surely. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose... You can't find many steam like locomotive drivers nowadays. No, no. I, I'm guessing they just keep them on in different roles. I I, I can't imagine they'd actually let them go. Um, it's probably that usual thing of, like, if you if you, know, if you normally work on an attraction and it's um, mm. closed or it's going down for a, a rehab for a few days, you just get moved on to a different attraction. I... I imagine it's something similar to that. I mean, you, you can't move a train driver um, somewhere as easy as somebody that's, say, working on Tower of Terror and then has to go right. and work on Rock and Roller Coaster. But I'm sure there must be something for them to to do. Um, yeah, I, mean, there's, I guess they've probably got engineer degrees and things that they could put them to work somewhere else. I was going to say, and it's a, it's a skilled labour, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, they, they can't afford to let them go completely because then who do you replace them with? When you right, and then some, so literally some of those guys have been there for years as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, just give them some time off and pay them. Why not? You've got the money. To <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. In that case, uh, we'll quickly move on to uh, the news from outside of the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit hhnunofficial.com. And 
couple of things I wanted to talk about, but I suppose we should probably lead off with the, the big one, um, which is uh, the release of Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Now, I don't think we discussed it on uh, our walk around Hollywood Studios, but when we were on before we got there, um, Paul had said to me that he would like to go to One Man's Dream to see the uh, bit they had in there about the Eternals. Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with the uh, 90s girl band, but um, <clears throat> the new Marvel film. Um, but by the time we got to Hollywood Studios, uh, that had already gone to be replaced with uh, things to do with Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. So we didn't actually go um, because we didn't have an interest in it. Um, but it, it's just uh, opened up at the, the global box office, or at least in most major markets. And uh, it has... It has opened at the top of the the chart, the box office chart in the US this week, um, but it only made thirty six million. Now, yeah, it's not, what's it going up against? It's nothing really. Well, it, it, it was a, it's a funny one because um, obviously Joker has been this huge box office smash. Mm, that's been out a couple of weeks now, hasn't it? Though it's been, I think this was either the third weekend. Mm. It might have been out. Um, does it say who's watched the Joker? Uh, I know a few people that have. I just need to get in touch with them, really. Um, I didn't care for it, yeah. I've um, very it's much it. in the minority for that, despite you know, I can hear Craig already listening to this game, but no, I mean, most people seem to really like the Joker, and you know, I've got I know people that have, um, and the people I want to get on, uh, have described it as a masterpiece. And I just don't get it at all. Um, well, we've got, we've got a few free free nights where, like, where we can just go to Disney Springs. So if it's showing when we're over there, there's there's not really. I think if if we can see that and Jojo Rabbit in our three week period, I'll be happy. Yeah, it'd be interesting about Jojo Rabbit because it's a limited release at the moment. I'm not sure when it's going to get a wide release. Mm. Um, it should be sooner rather than later because it's going to get start to get busy again at the box office, isn't it? We've uh, got a few big films coming out, but yeah, so Maleficent um, it came out against obviously the third weekend of the Joker, um, and also Zombieland Double Tap was the other uh, wide release of the weekend. But um, it it topped the box office with thirty six million, which uh, the first Maleficent opened with sixty nine point four. Oh dear, almost at the exact same. In fact, it might have been the same day. Because I remember it coming, I remember the first Maleficent coming out either on or just after my wife's birthday because she loves Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. And mm. so we thought that would be something, you know, enjoyable to see. Uh, and it wasn't. Neither of us Well, this is it, right? It. Donna and I went to go and see it um, opening weekend. And I think this is the effect of people like, us who went to go see the first one opening weekend and thought ah well that was shit and probably not going you know that was that was the last film that i wanted to go and see of those new releases and i will try and get around to seeing it you know the beauty of having uh a, a cinema pass is that i you know i'm not it's been very mixed like critically it's it's not been well received um audience wise it's had a pretty good score um, I don't know if that's skewed, uh, you know, for reasons that we were talking about earlier. 
because I think there's a lot of that. I see a lot of that on Twitter. So people, I was going to say on especially on social, like, yeah, yeah, it's the best Disney movie ever. Then the next Disney movie comes out, it's the best Disney movie ever. Yeah, uh, you know, leading up to it, I remember seeing the first trailer for it and thinking, well, it doesn't look as bad as the first one. And that was yeah, that was the most positive thing I could say about it. It doesn't look as bad as the first one. So, you know, it might be it might be good. And we, you know, I'm not here to say that it's an awful film because I haven't seen it. But the numbers don't lie, and you know, the fact it's open to half of that. And you, you know, the other thing to bear in mind is that you know, a film's biggest box office haul will be opening weekend. Mm-hmm. After that, there's always a downward spiral. You know, films generally don't improve on on their opening weekend in in subsequent weeks. Um, so that's it. I think it's done. Um, I think you know next weekend. Uh, what's coming out next weekend? Uh, it doesn't look like actually. There's anything. There's no competition. Doesn't matter because everyone's just booking Star Wars tickets from tonight. Well, that's it exactly. I'll be getting up early to put mine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, even though there's not any real competition until uh, Terminator will be the next big film and then a few weeks after well, it's Frozen 2. You say big film. All right, look, mate, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Terminator Dark Fate. I know we've been let down numerous times, but this one actually looks like it could be on a par. And I, I hope the, it is. I really do. The, the early reviews um, suggest that it's uh, from the critics that they're saying it's the best one since the second one, which again isn't That's very. Not <laughs> yeah, I know, but it doesn't look too bad. Um, but that, that's it. It's got. It's going to have competition very soon, and you know, if it's if it's open that weekly, I can't see it uh, prolonging. So yeah, it's um, it's it's not good news. I mean, even in the UK, looking at what it opened with at the UK, it's it's not huge. Um, it's about it's less than a lot of the Disney live action films have, have opened this year. So yeah, I can't see that uh, having legs. Um, it's weird though. Cause like surely the top brass at Disney saw this one coming, like who greenlit this? Well, that, and that's the other thing. Uh, I, did I talk about it? I talked to myself a lot. I think I might've talked about it when I recorded pop up Light yesterday. Um, you know, Maleficent was supposed to originally come out next year. Mm. Um, Early, early-ish next year, and they bumped it back to October. Now, there's two reasons why they... Yeah, so even though that's when the first Maleficent came out, I think it's probably because they thought it wasn't going to do as well as they expected it to, and so just kind of almost dumped it. Mm. So, because the thing is, you know, they got Frozen and Star Wars coming up. So... Two billion plus movies. Yeah. And I had a look... um, I had a look at the box office numbers the other day for the year and i think the top five were all disney mm. uh, sorry i think the, the top six five were disney and the only other entry was uh spider-man yes yeah which uh, you know although it's, it's basically it, it's but you know if it wasn't for disney it wouldn't be there yeah marvel studios co-production yeah. or, or whatever so yeah it's um you know they've had a very strong year, but that that means nothing. Most but also like Marvel. One man's dream is always a good shout as to if a movie's going to do shit or not. Is <laughs> that bunking it in it's there? They're trying to raise some awareness. The I mean, he, film last year was in there. 
Oh god, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was another one at Fox. Um I mean, was in- just just having a look here. So obviously Avengers Endgame, Lion King, Toy Story 4, Captain Marvel, then we've got Spider-Man. God, then Aladdin. Yeah. So the top six is either Marvel Studios or, or Disney. I mean, that's that's ridiculous, right? Um, and we've still got, as we said, um, Star Wars and Frozen will overtake a lot of those. Oh yeah, I think so. Um, and then and then it all goes quiet until the seventeenth biggest film of the year was done. It's going to overtake uh, Dumbo. No, but I, I think that yeah. sounds like we're going to have a, a MCU Disney top eight this year. I'd be I'd be shocked if if not. That's um, nuts. Yeah, it's uh, you know it, it won't be the same story next year, which actually is a good segue uh, into the next part because uh, while we've been away, two uh, big trailers got released by Disney. So we had uh, Onward, which yep. finally uh, kind of revealed what the film is actually going to be about, uh, and also the Jungle Cruise. So have you seen? Well, I've seen Jungle Cruise. Have you seen the trailer for Onward? Um, I, I've briefly watched it without sound, actually. I haven't watched it in its entirety, um, which I really need to do. I, just, I think it released around the same time as Jungle Cruise, and I kind of forgot about it. Oh, yeah, they did within maybe a day of each other. Yeah. Maybe less than that. Um, Onward looks really interesting, and I think it's going to be a bit of a tearjerker, a, a bit like a, like a Coco kind of. Good dinosaur. Uh, I still haven't seen Good Dinosaur. Oh, that is the I've worst. Seen, I've, I've seen bits and pieces because uh, my son was obsessed with it for a little bit. So I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've ne- never sat and watched it all the way through. But I will at some point. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a tearjerker, if anything. Like It's obviously, they really play up the comedy in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but the actual subject yeah. matter of it, I think is going to be quite emotional. So... Um, I wasn't that interested on the first trailer. My daughter was because it had unicorns um, and things like that. But the second trailer definitely uh, has piqued my interest. And I think that um, it's, it's good they're doing uh, another original film. And mm. uh, I really hope it's going to do well. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to go and see it uh, as soon as possible. Like I think it looks really strong. So I, I can't wait for that to come out. Um, well, interestingly, then, the only Pixar film I've not seen at the cinema was Toy Story 4. Have you seen it yet? No, I'm okay. going to see it. I'll be watching it on the plane on Saturday. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, I, it's just one of those movies that I wanted to see in the cinema and I just didn't get around to. Yeah, and it happens, right? It happens. Um, but Jungle Cruise, um, I know you've seen it. So mm. what was your take on Jungle Cruise? I watched the first. Uh, watched it. I've watched it a few times actually. The trailer. Uh, first time I was not impressed. I, I just think the Rock is. Uh, he's just. I'm just bored of seeing him on the screen now, and he's always playing the same character, and he didn't really feel like a great skipper. But after a after a couple more viewings, I think we could possibly, fingers crossed, have another Pirates of the Caribbean on our hands. Yeah, if, and let's if, hope for if, the first one. Well. Yeah, if it all goes well, we could have the next big live action um, that hopefully keeps a consistent writing team for the next movies. But for me, it looks like a cross between like 
Universal's early 2000s Mummy franchise. Mm-hmm. And a bit of Indiana Jones. And there was another movie that reminded me of uh, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that opening bit in the trailer when she's trying to escape from a library, I mm. got very strong um, Pirates of the Caribbean vibes from that. Because there was, I want to say it's like the third. People, like... oh, f- yeah, it was, I think it was the third one. No, sorry, the fourth one. I forgot how many Pirates of the Caribbean films there have been. Um, I remember there being a, a similar kind of scene in the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. So I got some vibes from that. But I also see what you mean about The Mummy as well. She very much reminds me of like Rachel Weisz's character from The Mummy. And he's yeah. very much like the, you know, the adventurer kind of... I mean, she seems like she's going to kind of evolve into that character more than he will. But it, based on the first trailer... I'm getting like strong mummy vibes from that relationship. And then you've obviously got the goofy brother in Jack Whitehall, who we very briefly saw. Yeah. I, you know what? I thought that was hilarious because, you know, Jack Whitehall obviously has had a lot of hot dinners based on uh, the fact that he was cut from frozen and mm. only found that out when he went to see it with his niece. Yeah. And that was the first time he knew that he'd actually been cut from the film. He hadn't got told beforehand, so he was really upset about it. Um, and then he's in this new Jungle Cruise film, and you see him in the background at one point. Yeah, he like and doesn't I, speak at all. <laughs> I think because it's been a lot of backlash against his character already. I, it's one of these Twitter things where because I, I think he's playing a gay character, and obviously he's not gay. People were kicking off. Yeah, but he I, I um, he's acting, but. Apparently, <laughs> apparently he's gonna be not only like the, he's not gonna be the first gay character in a live action Disney film, because obviously uh, LeFou was in Beauty and the Beast. If you uh, didn't blink at that point of the film, that caused all that controversy. Um, but he's going to have a proper uh, coming out scene apparently uh, right. in this. Um, but yeah, I, I I I hate this this backlash about things. Uh, you know, when you've got a gay character being played by a straight man, because no one ever kicks off when a gay person is playing a straight guy. No. Right? It's, because it's acting, right? He's that, the best that, person it. for the job. Clearly, the, clue, the clue is in the name, right? Yeah. It's acting. You know, are, are you turning around? I mean, I, I know you haven't seen it, right? But uh, Rocket Man, Taron Egerton yeah. is fantastic in it. I don't know if he's straight or gay. I've never really looked into it. I believe he's straight um, from mm, things, is, yeah. little things that I've, I've, I've caught or seen him out with people, but I don't know for, for sure. But he's playing Elson John, who arguably was bisexual, but is uh, is now very much gay. And there was controversy controversy about that. He's fantastic in that film. But are you telling me that what they should have done was found somebody who was gay who wasn't as good but right. was gay? Because it, but that you know, made more authentic. The difference there is, is Twitter. No one was kicking up a fuss about that. And, and it seems that this Twitter is just finding stuff to, to bring. I I'd honestly believe that was a, part, a big part of the reason why he wasn't in that first trailer. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, maybe they don't but, I, I, it. The more I watch the trailer, the more I like it. Um, it's. I think it's gonna. It's, it's either gonna smash it, or it's gonna be terrible. And I don't think there's gonna be an in between. I mean, I'm. I'm. I love The Rock, 
but I'm with you in that because he seems to just be in everything, there is that bit of saturation with him. Um, yeah, I, I like him as well. I think he's a great person. I think. Oh yeah, he, I think he's like a real genuine, like cool guy who gives a damn about what what he does, and he helps a lot of people out. But yeah, he that that's exactly the reason why I was like, oh, come on. I hated him when he was wrestling because I didn't ever find him that good in the ring. But the one thing that stood out is give that man a microphone, and yeah. he can he can like really get you like believing in him i thought he's got a career and it's not for me it's not wrestling and i'm really glad yeah. that he's he's had the success and the and i'm with you in that yeah is he is he right to be the skipper you know we're kind of we we have our eyes focused on the attraction right rather than mm. a film that's course, at a different yeah. time but um you know he made jumanji which you know we all said it was going to be awful and actually turned out to be really good. So I've got faith in him in this film for being able to do a good job. So I, I think it's I think it's going to work out all right. I mean, it's it's their big kind of summer release next year. Um, it, it, originally, this had the Maleficent slot. Mm. And they, they bumped Maleficent back so that this could be their summer film. And that's obviously it's because... Got, this has got trilogy written all over it. Yeah, and that's it. I think they see this has got legs. You know, I don't think even if Maleficent 2 did as well as Maleficent 1, there was going to be a third Maleficent film. I no, I think, think we ever think the a lot of interest from the cast to do another one, so they thought, uh, I did well enough, let's make another one. Exactly. Um, but I, I didn't see that as being a long-running franchise. Whilst with this, I think we have. And, They'll shoot um, two and three back-to-back and release it over the next couple of years, yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, we've seen Emily Blunt in, in other films, or I, I certainly have, where she, you know, she can really hold her own. So, um, yeah, she's a fantastic actor. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think um, you're right. It, it could it could go either way, but I think it's going to be all right. I hope, I hope it goes right. well for Disney because I want them to t- start taking more risks with their films again. Yeah. And I know, like, there's that argument of, well, this is an original idea because this is based on a theme park attraction, but the theme park attraction was an original idea. Pirates of the Caribbean was as well. Mm. <clears throat> you know, it wasn't, um, it, it, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, the film was, you know, was, was them trying to do something with their own IPs that they'd created, their own original concepts. And yeah. I'd be happy to see that. I mean, all right, we know that the Country Bears and uh, the... Haunted um, Mansion. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, you know, those films weren't great, but at least they were trying to do something else. And, you know, you mentioned their uh, Nutcracker. You know, we've talked before about all the live-action films that Disney have made over the last decade and how many of them have underachieved. And it's almost all of them the only live-action Disney films that have overachieved are ones that are remakes. Yep. So every original idea they have or something they haven't done before that's based on an existing idea they had, like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, anything like that has flopped because they just haven't worked for what you know for various reasons. So I'm all for them trying to go, right, what can we turn into a film like 
Jesus, give me Big Thunder Mountain the movie. Oh, 100%. Well, give me Haunted Mansion the movie and, and well, uh, proper one, yeah. That about that Eddie, Mur- uh, Eddie Murphy disaster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's all I had to talk about outside the parts. Is there anything that you wanted to, to bring up? No, I think that was it. I, only that, obviously, in a, shoe, in a short few hours, we'll be able to watch the last Star Wars trailer, and I can't wait. I, I, I'm, I don't know where I sit with this. I don't think I've got the willpower to not watch it. I'm watching it. I'm, I'm totally watching it as soon as I can. Yeah. I really, I really don't want to, but I don't think I can wait till December. I really don't. Like, I, I've already had the conversation with, with my wife, when are we going? In fact, actually, no. The other way around, she asked me. Um, and she's not even a huge Star Wars fan, but it's become like, because, because she knows how much it means to me, it's become our thing. So yeah. she came and saw um, the first one. Jesus, what was it called? Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Oh my God. So she came and saw that with me opening day. We went up to London to go and see it in IMAX. Uh, yeah. The Last Jedi, um, we got tickets for the morning. It, you know, it, it came out. So we could go and see like the second screening of it. Um, and she's like, yeah, we obviously need to do it for this film as well. So yeah. I'm going to try and get midnight tickets, I think, at my local cinema. Well, we did we did talk about midnight tickets, but the the problem is is because of the kids. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It means that we'd have to get a mum, and you know, it, it'd just be too much palaver. So, I will do what I did with the Last Jedi, which is turn off my phone until I go and see it. We saw Last Jedi, I think, about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, it was like the first IMAX showing that day. So whatever mm. time that was. So I didn't have to like wait long to see it. I still saw it before most of the world did. And I didn't have it spoiled for me because I'd already got myself off social media. So I'm I'm happy to to do that again. But yeah, I, I can't see myself not avoiding this trailer. I think I'm, as soon as it pops up on social media, I'm going to be I'm like, oh, it. well, I tried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, could, I could just scroll past it, but ah, it's here. I may as well. <laughs> oh, if you scroll past it, oh, there it is again. Better give it a watch. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like uh, Inside Is, isn't it? But for Star Wars trailers, yeah, where everyone just posts it. But uh, yeah, well, look, Ryan, um, you're about to go off and have this wonderful honeymoon. So um, I hope you and Donna have a wonderful time. Hope the uh, weather works out for you. Hope you get to do all the things you want to do at Galaxy's Edge, and um, and you're going to be going to Halloween Horror Nights for two nights. Two nights, yeah. So we can fit in. Yeah. It's fin- I think you'll be fine. Um, you know, the one thing I know we this is a Disney podcast, but the one thing that we uh did really well with was stay and scream. We did that on the Saturday yeah. and we got in just over an hour, uh maybe an hour and a half, we got six houses done. Nice. Doing stay and we, scream. We got so, some, we got express passes. Oh you have. Um, both nights, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're we're, we're kind of we will probably do stay and scream and then do express to do some of the houses again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, don't do the rookie thing that people do, which is use your express passes at like six o'clock in the evening. I made that mistake last year, and I won't be doing it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad you learned. Um, but yeah, no, have a wonderful time. Can't wait to hear about Thanks, your man. Disney experience, especially being in uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge for three weeks. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, we can't wait. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, we'll hear all about it when you come back, so go and enjoy yourself. 
Um, thank you for for listening. This has become a this is supposed to be a short episode with a short uh, half an hour talk about Mr. D's holiday. It's the most classic <laughs> disasters art thing we can do. Yeah, yeah. Although, in my defence, when it was when it was time for Mr. D to talk about your strip, I just let him go off. I didn't say that much during it at all. Mainly because I couldn't yeah, get a word true. in edgeways. <laughs> Once one of us starts talking about Disney, there's no point trying to interrupt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you with another Disaster Dark very soon. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Can't get enough, can't get enough. He's the one, two, This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.